Eiffel Tower, taking a stand for your rights, your liberties, and all the bullshit in between. You're listening to Break the Bell Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another week, fun-filled week with this live edition of the Break the Bell Podcast. Hello, beautiful bell breakers. We're here. We are ready to rock. We are. We got some some shit to talk about tonight. Yeah, yeah. Coming out of left field at you. Yeah, well, I mean, it's been coming up on us for some time right now. Yeah, for the last year, we've been giving updates on this here and there. Yeah. And just, just to throw it out there before we talk about it. Yes. China. 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 We're talking about China. We haven't done a full episode on China. We've done full episodes on a lot of our conflicts in other countries, but yeah. we, we've done like updates on China and their yeah. their problems so with shenanigans. Yeah, their problems with India, their problems yeah. with Hong Kong yeah. and Taiwan and yeah. what was it? Azerbaijan was that? No, that was wasn't China. China. But but I, they I they were doing the um, uh, uh, genetic cleansing of the uh, the Uyghur uh, Muslims. Uh, yeah, there yeah. you go. Them and then there was obviously the Wuhan lab. The, yes. The, yeah. <laughs> COVID-19? Yeah. I, I don't know busy. if you remember about COVID-19. This, I, I, this, I remember something vaguely. Yeah, we talked a little about yeah, that little throughout little the bit. last year and a half, yeah. but I mean, I don't know if you remember, that kind of came from there. Yeah, I just remember bats with boobs. <laughs> bats with boobs. Do you remember uh, Kung Flu? Yes. Or yes. Uh, yeah. the China virus? <laughs> yeah. all, all those racist terms. Yeah. yeah. All this stuff from China. And we just decided, because of things that our great coherent president came out and th- ran his mouth about in, in town hall this week. in in another town hall that we even missed we, we I know, completely I missed know. this town hall i wonder if like the moderator threw some other words in there like <laughs> oh uh, joe uh, president biden did you hear everybody cheering for you yeah i i, I got to go back and watch that one cuz i didn't even realize that was um going on this this yeah. last week until you're like hey did you hear there's another town hall i was like no yeah it was very unpublicized yeah and probably on purpose was it another cnn one i believe it was yes. yeah well yeah. D- did you hear cnn ha- hasn't hit like a million viewers in like three months or oh, something I like that it. on I any it. of their shows across yeah. the board they are just like on a downward spiral yeah. so um it doesn't surprise me that nobody heard yeah. about this town hall event but we're not here to just break down this like we did the last one no. because, like I said, I haven't watched it. Yeah, right. But there was this this flub. They're calling it a flub or a misspeak of Joe Biden that mm-hmm. that kind of enraged China. And so China is like flexing, as China tends to do when yes. they're kind of put in a certain yeah. uh, bad light. Or if they feel threatened, they start right. flexing back. I mean— they have quite a bit to flex too. They're pretty. They they're pretty big yeah. country. Oh, they do, and a lot of people. I mean, have a lot of money riding on China. Mm. So if China gets pissed, there's a lot of money on the line. Yeah, um, a lot of Hollywood money, a lot of professional sports yes. money, a lot of obviously trade money going yeah. back and forth between corporations. There's a lot of corporate yeah. interest in and, China. And, you know, and it's interesting to me that you know everybody will slam somebody if they come out and say. They don't say like Black Lives Matter, or or they they don't kneel for the American flag or uh, anthem, or or you know some you know they say the wrong thing about trans or whatever. Yeah. But 
you can criticize if you criticize China, everybody's coming after you. Be yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you just said that. Even though, um, like you mentioned, there are human rights violations yeah. with certain yeah. people groups over there. It's just like, oh, oh, we're not allowed to talk about that. Yeah. But we have to talk about all these other yeah. things, otherwise we're racist or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you mention that, it's like, oh, don't piss off yeah. China. Right. And who was it? Who was the MMA guy? No, is the uh, no is John was it John Cena that? Had oh yeah, John Cena said something. Had, yeah, and he had to come out and he apologized. Yeah, in I think Mandarin. he said something. Uh, was it something again about Hong Kong and China or something about Taiwan and China? And then he had to come back and yeah, like you said, he had to actually apologize in, in Mandarin. Yeah, and, that's, and that's the ultimate like ass kiss. Yeah, that's how much we're like not us, but yeah. our country like sucks China's dick, and then yeah. our president gets up and says some of these things that we're gonna talk about here in just a couple minutes and. Pisses China off all over again. Yeah. So, is, yeah. is, do you think Biden's going to have to come out and apologize in Mandarin? <laughs> I, you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if he did. I mean, can it you wouldn't. imagine him trying to speak Mandarin to begin with? He can <laughs> no. barely speak English, his own language. <laughs> he, he'd like he'd just go, I've, and they're like, you know, it's fine. It's it's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get into the show, we have to mention this show is brought to you by caffeine. What would the world be Thank like God. without caffeine? Thank God. The Chinese drink tea. It's not the same thing. It's not. And That's why they're communists. We've already, we've exactly. mentioned how uh, tea is communist. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Actually, they, I, I ordered tea at a Chinese restaurant, and you slammed me and yeah. called me a commie. Well, it was bad enough we were eating at a Chinese restaurant. Then you're like, hey, um, c- could I get some tea? And I'm just like, what? What the hell? Do Who you, are you? What the hell did you just say? <laughs> this show is not brought to you by tea. It's brought to you by the American freedom-loving coffee. Brought to you by Run Your Mouth Coffee. The official coffee of freedom, the official coffee of the Break the Bell podcast. Uh, they support your your right to free speech. You don't have to go apologize in Mandarin to China if you drink Run Your Mouth coffee because we believe in saying whatever the hell we want, even if that's bashing on uh, the red communist yes, China. Absolutely. Or saying Kung Flu. That's right. Or any of those other derogatory yes. terms. Tea drinking freaks. No, I'm just <laughs> Go to rymcoffee.com. Tell them we sent you by using the promo code break the bell. It's all one word, no spaces, nothing like that. Just break the bell. You'll get 10% off your purchase. You'll get free shipping and you'll get delicious coffee and a mouthful of freedom. Yes. Who doesn't like that? Everybody loves a mouthful of freedom. If you are against the commie bastards that <laughs> that push tea, like try to pour tea down your throat. Support Run Your Mouth Coffee, rymcoffee.com. That's about all I got to say. Absolutely. Don't be a commie. Get a mouth of freedom. Don't be a commie. Drink coffee. Yes. That's it. You ever watch uh, that show Firefly? Mm. It was a Joss Whedon, um, Nathan Fillion. It was sci-fi, right? It was based in the future, and there was like a civil war between like uh, like outer planets and inner planets and stuff like that in the galaxy. Anyways, the universal language was Mandarin. Because really? the show's premise was that eventually the Chinese took over everything. That's interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And this show came out in like 99. Maybe we'll have to get into that more. I yeah. know, what was it? Well, it was in the 80s. Everybody was afraid of Japanese taking over. Oh, right, 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 yeah. The Japanese yeah. Uh, technology and stuff and mm-hmm. how their cars and their yeah. TVs and everything. Um, a lot of Michael Crichton's book earlier, but like, what was it? Uh Oh, I can't even think. I can't think of the name of it now. But um, there was a Michael Crichton wrote a book about because he's all about like the technology taking oh, over right, and stuff. Yeah. Like he wrote Jurassic Park and things like that. But he also wrote one about um, like 
Japanese business and how they're kind of taking over the United States. Okay. Well, now it's Chinese. Yeah. From the 90s on, it, it turned Chinese. Yeah. Well, yeah. we know, like, what was it, circa 2007, they were really bumping up their economy oh, and yeah. taking great strides. They had the Olympics in Beijing, mm. and they were that yeah. was their, like— Moment of becoming like a world power, basically. Yeah. It was like coming Which out is to the odd world. I had to think about because in World War II, you think, you know, like like Japan kind of owned China, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's just kind of odd to think about the switch there. Well, there's a lot of history there, no, and we'll get into a little yeah. bit of it, very little bit. We're not going to dig into the, all of China's history yeah. because then you're going back <laughs> way thousands and thousands yeah. of yeah. years. But um, we will dig it. Obviously, we're going to dig into history because yeah. that's what we like to do. Yes. So, we're going to get into this really quick. Make sure you share this all over the platforms, all over the interwebs, because we want to get our name out there, obviously. We want to make our, our mothers proud. We want to... Do you want to make your mother proud? I think so. I'm not sure. You don't know? If it, <laughs> don't know. I, I want to make my mom yeah, proud. Yeah, okay. I'll go yes. I mean, I'll go yes. We'll, 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 you just got to say sure. yes. Yes. Make your mom proud. Make our mom proud, yes. not your mom. Yeah. I mean, your mom will you be make proud, our too. Mom, yeah, we'll make Share your mom proud. Share it with your mom. You make our mom proud. Share it with your mom, and maybe she'll be proud of us. <laughs> we want to make your mom proud of us, too. <laughs> I don't know where this That's is going. That's greedy. That's just greedy. <laughs> okay. Your mom will be proud of you, too. Your yes. mom's already proud of you. Yes. Share the shit, Oliver. Uh, all of our social media platforms, our handle is at BreakTheBellPod, P-O-D for podcast. Share it around. Hit that like and share button. Like, subscribe. Smack it. Smack it hard. Smack it. That's all I'm going to say because last week I said smack it like a redhead stepchild and everybody thought that was weird. That was a little yes, uh, crossing the line, but (laughs) I'm not going to say that. Don't smack it like the redheaded stepchild. Just smack it hard. Let's get into this. Are you ready? Let's do it. (laughs) Let's do it. We always way overstay our welcome in the intro, (laughs) so let's just get into this video. What did you say? You talking to me? What what the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you saying? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. What'd you say? Talk to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby. Did you just say? What did you say? You listen to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about? Who are you talking to? I lost our music for a second there. That was scary. I know. I was just like, I clicked the button and it was our faces, but no music. I know. I was like, usually the music's my my cue to like be like, okay, here we go. And it was just just dead. dead It's just like. Wait, wait. It's like, wh- what do you do? I, I'm very uncomfortable in silent situations. <laughs> I got to fill this void with something. <laughs> I guess that's why we're podcasters. Yes. Yes. Filling the silence. Yeah. Yeah. I always hate those. 
um, when we do interviews and Zoom is having delays because uh, there's like that like half second where there's that pause and yeah. it's like uh, right. uh, there's there's a void here. What do I do? Do I talk? Do I let him talk? What happens? Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's just get right into this. I got this. I got this Biden video from the town hall okay. of what he said. So I'm gonna kill this music and then I'll pull up this video. So. Um, so that we can see, get some premise behind yeah. why yeah. why we're getting into this tonight. Because, like we said, this China thing's not a new concept. No. It's not like the trade wars and all yeah. this stuff. Um, it's not a new thing. No. I mean, Trump was flexing on China his entire presidency. I mean, yeah. it's it's an ongoing thing yeah. back and forth. Uh, Trump seemed to ramp it up more than some of the other yeah. presidents. Well, and, you know, when you throw tariffs and, like you said, start a trade war, that's, that never goes well for anybody. No, and... When we've been the like ultimate superpower forever, um, then China starts stepping yeah. on our toes. We're like, oh no, they're trying to be the new superpower, and we can't have them right, be the yeah. superpower. Um, I got Pierce. Pierce commented, said, "What's up? What is up, Pierce? It's good to have you again. It's always great to have people coming back. We like all our new listeners, but we and we really like our returning listeners that come back and join the conversation because." Um, that keeps this thing going, Absolutely. and that tells me that hopefully you like this for yeah. you to keep coming back, right? Or you're just coming back to find something <laughs> that you like. You're like, eventually these guys yeah, are going to do something. Eventually they'll like. say something on my mind. Yeah, that sounds right. So he, then he goes on to say, Pierce says Biden is scared China might lead the global order, and we've talked about yeah. how um, it seems like things like the what what's that? What's the the Klaus Schwab guy. Oh, uh, uh, the World Economic Forum. Yeah, he's got. Yeah. They're kind of leaning more towards yeah. China for being mm. the, the the top dogs, and yeah. leaning more away from us. Especially since Trump pulled us out of a yeah. lot of the trade agreements and stuff. And it yeah. feels like Biden's like, guys, we're still here. Don't worry, guys, we're yeah. over here. Come back. And, and wasn't like the whole purpose of the G8 was for them to come to up with a strategy to combat China. Yeah. So it's uh, like, yeah, yeah. you know, so, they're they're trying hard. They're yeah. trying hard. So this latest thing here is this um, speech. This is just a small clip of his his town hall meeting in response to one question. It's not Don Lemon this time. I'm not even sure what that guy's name is. Um, is that Anderson Cooper? Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. I can't tell. <laughs> so um, I'll, I would turn the screen so you could see, but that would, then that would be weird for the people watching. <laughs> it would be. It's okay. I, I can do this. Let's watch this clip. Bring in uh, Glenn Niblo, a student at Loyola University, originally from Connecticut. He's a Republican. Glenn, welcome. Hi. Where in Connecticut are you from? Uh, Greenwich. Uh, China just tested a hypersonic missile. What will you do to keep up with them militarily, and can you vow to protect Taiwan? Yes and yes. We are... Okay, the question was, what will you do, and will we defend? And he just says, yes, yes and yes. yes. Yeah. What will you do? Yes. That's a, is that not a Jen Psaki answer? Yes, yeah. Uh, correct. <laughs> but what will you do? Yeah. So let me back that up a sec so we don't miss anything. We are militarily, China, Russia, and the rest of the world knows we have the most powerful military in the history of the world. Don't worry about whether we're gonna, they're going to be more powerful. What you do have to worry about is whether or not they're going to engage in activities that will put them in a position where they may make a serious mistake. And so I have had, 
I've spoken and spent more time with Xi Jinping than any other world leader has. That's why you have, you know, you hear people saying Biden wants to start a new Cold War with China. I don't want a Cold War with China. I just want to make China understand that we are not going to step back. We are not going to change any of our views. So are you saying that, that the United States would come to Taiwan's defense if yes, China we, attacked? Yes, we have a commitment. That was loud. It was. Okay. So let's uh, recap that a little bit. He says, don't worry about if they're more powerful. Which I don't think was the question. No. I mean... I don't think that was anything no. in that question. Yeah. It was like, uh, what are you going to do about this? Yeah. They, they've got this hypersonic weapon. Right. And I mean, maybe that is the whole. Yeah. And, and Biden's response is, hey, don't worry. It, um, they're not going to be more powerful. Yeah. We don't have to worry about that. And then he says, we're not going to change our views. And then they ask uh, whoever that was, the the guy interviewing him says, yeah. um, so are you, are you saying if China were to attack Taiwan, we would commit to, right. Tima, to Taiwan's defense. And he says, yes, we have a commitment. That mm -hmm. is our commitment to them. And, and I know we'll get into this, but yes. I was not aware we had a commitment to them. Um, we will get into this. It's <laughs> it, The term ambiguous yes. will be thrown around a lot tonight because gotcha. they're intentionally ambiguous about their commitment to Taiwan okay. Okay. <laughs> because— it's mo mostly for our own strategic Absolutely. interests. It's wh whatever yeah. um, works out in our favor. Yeah. We're committed to that. We're as, not necessarily committed to Taiwan. We're committed right. to our interests. So, oh, as always. So, obviously, as Biden does, he overstepped what he's supposed to say. Yeah. Which I, these things are pre-planned. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I don't know how he's always continuously doing this, stepping yeah. outside of it, what it's he's like allowed. They, they they go through and they they filter out you know the the people that are sitting in the crowd and filter out the questions. So yeah, they this is not something that was unexpected. Mm -mm. This is something that they they game planned for, and probably had a good answer for. And so the fact that he's gotten himself into this is really interesting. And to me. it's every single time. Yeah. And have you ever seen a president where uh, the his administration has to come out after every speech yeah. he gives and is like, uh, he must misspoke on that. <laughs> yeah. He didn't. He wasn't allowed to say that, yeah. or he shouldn't have said that. And it's like, um, actually, what he meant to say was right, this. Yeah. And I even Trump in all the ridiculous thing he's he said. I don't remember the White House or no. yeah the administration, the press secretary yeah. coming out and being like, uh, he shouldn't have said that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they they backed him up. Yeah, they're like, yeah, that was a little. Yeah, crazy, but no, he's yeah, got a point yeah. there. Yeah, that's what he said, and then and we're standing by that. Yeah, with Biden, it's like, yeah, he misspoke. So here's a uh, Jen Psaki backpedaling on okay. what Biden said there of how no, if uh, China does attack Taiwan, yeah, we're committed to backing them up. So here's Jen Psaki's response. There's been no shift. The president was not announcing any change in our policy, nor has he made a decision to change our policy. Uh, there is no change in our policy. Uh, our defense relationship. Good. Good. I'm glad we cleared that up. <laughs> so, so is there a change in our policy? <laughs> <laughs> 
could you say that again? Well, there has been no shift. The president was not announcing any change in our policy, nor has he made a decision to change our policy. Uh, there is no change in our policy. Uh, our defense relationship with Taiwan is guided by the Taiwan Relations Act. Some of the principles of the Taiwan Relations Act uh, that the United States will continue uh, to abide by, of course, is assisting Taiwan in maintaining a sufficient self-defense capability. Another principle is that the United States would regard any effort to determine the future of Taiwan by other than peaceful means, a threat to the peace and security of the Western Pacific and of grave concern to the United States. I would also note that uh, Secretary Austin also spoke to this. All right, that's all we got to see of that. It kind of sounds like, I mean, I mean, she was, it sounded like she was backing him up. I mean, she she starts out saying, no, there's not going to be a change to our policy, but then she goes, but... We are committed to their self-defense and well, their yeah. self-reliance, and any threat to the Western Pacific, we will consider a grave threat. It's well, it's interesting. This whole thing's interesting. It is. Like the whole, like I said, disambiguous part of this. Yeah, is is what they thrive on for this because people came out and they're like, "Hey, it sounds like he's changing his policy," and she comes out and says, "Hey, we're not changing our policy." And we're going to talk about our policy. Yes. Because she mentions this Taiwan Relations Act. That's yes. what all this surrounds. And the thing she points out is um, our commitment to them having a sufficient self-defense just to defend yeah. themselves. Not like military power to go attack right. other people or just to defend themselves. We're yeah. committed to that. That's in this Taiwan Relations Act. Um, this one's interesting. Any efforts, she says, any efforts to determine the future of Taiwan by use of, what does that say? Other than peaceful. <laughs> Other than peaceful. Yeah, I can't read my own handwriting. <laughs> um, so any efforts to determine the future of Taiwan by use of anything other than peaceful means is a threat to the peace and security of the Western Pacific and a grave concern to the U.S. Yeah. So anything, any efforts, it doesn't right. say which side those efforts are on. Right. So any efforts to change the future of what Taiwan is, right? Other than peaceful, just talking back and forth. Yeah. So if that that doesn't mean just from China. That means if Taiwan were to like say, "Hey, fuck this. We want to be independent. We're going to um, launch some counterattacks here." Sounds to me, based on this this verbiage that she said, that we're gonna not ha be able to back Taiwan in that because then Taiwan just took other than peaceful actions. Right, and right. that's going to destabilize our mm -hmm. all the the security or whatever, the yeah. peace and security of the Western Pacific. So, that makes sense. So it sounds like they're like, uh, we just want to keep things as it is. Right. So whichever side of you wants to mess that up for all of us, um, we're going to have a problem with that. Mm -hmm. And um, we're going to put the foot down either way. So, um, yes, it does sound like, hey, we would be committed to Taiwan if China was to attack, but also we'd probably be backing China if Taiwan was Taiwan to attack. Act, right. So I, I, I just find that yeah. disambiguous. Yeah, <laughs> it is the very definition of disambiguous. Mm -hmm. So let's get a little bit deeper into this whole incident here. Okay. I'm going to talk more about this um, Taiwan Relations Act. Mm-hmm. A little bit later, because I I, I want to dig some into the background of Taiwan and the Chinese relations and right. how we got to this point. Is Taiwan part of China? Is Taiwan its own separate entity? Is it both? 
Um, we're going right. to get into that and why. <laughs> why is it that way? Why can't Taiwan be its own country? Um, we're going to get into that. But okay. I, I want to dig a little bit more into this whole debacle from last week. I think it was like four days ago. This this article is from 1021, so at 10.58 p.m. So this probably came That's out immediately right after. after yeah. So um, feel free to call in. Our phone line is open. Um, we have that opportunity now. I don't know if we have the opportunity to answer those calls yet. <laughs> uh, we're going. I think I worked out the bugs on that, but our phone number is 712-320-8289. If you have any information, any questions, any comments on what we are talking about. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you because we're not smart people. So if you're smarter than us, or if you think you're smarter than us, or you just have something to say, give us a call, 712-320-8289. The number's at the bottom of the screen there, if you didn't notice. So I'm going to get into this article from Politico.com. It says, Biden says U.S. has a commitment to defend Taiwan from a Chinese attack. Again, not sure if that's true or not. Right, right. <laughs> Based on Jen Psaki, we're not changing our our stance here, yeah. but based on other sources, it sounds like even China saying, "Hey, you're you're changing your stance here." Yeah. So, um, let me pull this article up so everyone can see. I, and I, I think Jen Psaki made it very clear that we are not changing our stance. We're not. <laughs> he didn't say we we're changing our stance. Yes, he's not moving to change our stance. Yes, and we're not changing our stance. So this says uh, the White House. Later clarified the president's comments, so they clarified them. Oh, According good. to Politico, they didn't That's backtrack. Good. They just clarified. Sure. Uh, because he needs his own yeah. translator he, when he, he talks. He needs his, his fact checkers. Yep. So they later clarified the president's comments during a CNN town hall saying the U.S. would continue to support Taiwan's self-defense. Says President Joe Biden Thursday didn't hesitate when asked whether the U.S. would come to Taiwan's defense in a, if China was attacked. He says, yes, we have a commitment to do that, Biden said during a CNN town hall in Baltimore. Uh, but the White House later clarified the president's comments, telling Politico that there had been no change in the policy. <laughs> That's excellent. It says the U.S. defense relationship with Taiwan is guided by the Taiwan Relations Act, as Jen Psaki said. And this as a White House spokesperson said. I'm guessing that spokesperson that was Jen Psaki. Jen Psaki. We will uphold our commitment under the act. We will continue to support Taiwan's self-defense, and we will continue to oppose any unilateral changes to the status quo. So, like I said, any changes right. to business uh, from as either usual, side. they're going to oppose. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I mean, you can say all you want. Hey, it sounds like they would go to Taiwan's defense. No, we, we don't give a shit about Taiwan. Yeah. We give a shit about ourselves. Right. We only care about our own interests, and if that status quo changes, we're going to do everything we can to, to yeah. change that. Says Biden made a similar comment in August during an interview with ABC News. I don't remember this one. I don't either. But apparently he flubbed back then too. Was that with uh, Stephanopoulos? Uh, Snuffleupagus. Snuffleupagus. I'm not sure. Says after the president suggested that the U.S. would defend the island if there were an attack, a deviation from the United States' long-held position, the White House said the president misspoke. <laughs> so this time they were clarifying. Yes. Last time they're like, he no, misspoke. he misspoke. Yeah. He didn't mean, guys, he didn't mean that. Dude, it's the president of the United States. Again, Yeah. Right. how many times in history have you seen the White House press secretary come out and be like, oh, he overstepped his, his yeah, right. yeah. bounds there? The president misspoke, or the president really meant to say this. Like, he, he 
he shouldn't have even been talking about these matters, guys. They, yeah. These are not this matters. This is above his pay grade. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much is. <laughs> In this presidency, it basically is yeah. above his pay grade for him to be talking about <laughs> these things. And if he's misspeaking this many times that they have to keep coming out and correcting yeah. him— why does he have this freaking position in the first place? Well, and it, if it wasn't the fact that everybody in the world knows that he is basically a puppet, I mean, President Jinping, whatever, out of China, could get really pissed. Oh, he is really pissed. Well, I mean, like, even more. Like, take it real seriously. He'd be like, fuck these guys. I mean, instead he's like, nah, it's fucking Biden. You know? No, I mean, he came out and he's like, this is... This is bullshit, is basically what he said, and I've got all that stuff, too. He, like, had some pretty strong words for this administration, basically saying it's the most incompetent administration in the history of the country. I mean, that's pretty pretty strong statement there. I mean, even more than Milton Fillmore. Right. (laughs) says, while Washington is required by the Taiwan Relations Act to provide the country with defense resources, it has followed a policy of strategic ambiguity. That seems to be the word of the night. Strategic ambiguity is the is the foreign policy of Taiwan. <laughs> no, I'm, they said it right there. Yeah, it's right. always no, no, followed no, no. a yeah. policy, yeah. and you see this in almost every article. Strategic ambiguity. So basically, eh, we haven't really even clarified. Yes, it's just it just whatever works for us. Yeah. works is what we're gonna do. And then we don't have to back up either side, and we don't have to tell Taiwan that we're backing China, but we don't have to tell China that we're backing Taiwan, so let's just go with strategic ambiguity. It says, when it comes to military intervention to protect Taiwan if China attacks. The White House in recent weeks has projected the message that the U.S. commitment to Taiwan is rock solid as tensions rise between the country and China. Earlier this month, China sent dozens of warplanes over Taiwan's air defense zone. That sounds pretty provocative. A little bit. Not provocative like stripper, provocative like... Right, the other, the bad provocative. The the bad provocative. (laughs) Taiwan has condemned the... (laughs) And maybe, I don't know, it's Taiwan. Maybe they, that's something that they get off on. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. Woo! Maybe they're, Here they come, boys! Or maybe they're <laughs> flying over and, like, flashing out yeah. through. <laughs> Up on the windshield. <laughs> <laughs> Taiwan has condemned the incursion as part of Beijing's increasing military harassment. That sounds pretty harassing to me. I would think so. But when we get into all of this, it's like, is it harassment? Yeah. Or is it saying, hey, um, you're one of us and don't think otherwise? Right. And that's basically what it sounds like. Yeah. It's like, you're our bitch. Basically. So. It says China has defended the actions as just and necessary for maintaining stability in the region. Beijing still sees Taiwan as part of its own territory, though the country split in 1949. But did they, though? Well, it's another one of those Hong Kong things. Yeah. It, did, did, did they split? Yeah, right. um, yeah. One side said, hey, we split. The other side said, no, you didn't. Yeah, yeah, it's a, okay, if that's what you want to call it. Yeah, yeah, let's just agree to disagree, but yeah. you are one of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, dinner on Friday? <laughs> <laughs> the U.S. did not, does not formally recognize Taiwan. That's the strategic yeah. ambiguity here. Okay. The U.S. doesn't formally even recognize them as a country. Yeah. But we have these ties with them and stuff, yeah. and they're like, oh, but yeah, oh, yeah, you are, and no, they're not. <laughs> it's like to their face, like, you are a great country. <laughs> I, dude, I saw you wink at him. I saw you. I, oh. I, I no, I no, don't. We're here for you. Wink, wink, <laughs> dude. You did, you did it again. It again. 
U.S. doesn't formally recognize Taiwan, but it maintains an unofficial relationship. Oh, okay, so we got an unofficial relationship. Right. And it supports its democratic government. Of course, we support every democratic yeah, government. Especially the ones in areas of our enemies because exactly. they're nice strategic uh, proxy places yes. for wars. Yes. Says a uh, top Taiwanese security official said this week that the chances of war with China in the next year are very low. So, Taiwanese military personnel, even though they're being flexed on by China, they're right. still saying, yeah, there's not a good chance we're going to go to war. Yeah. He says, I think generally within one year, the probability of war is very low. Not if America gets their hands in it. Right. Then the probability is much, much higher. Yeah. You underestimate our ability to drive countries to war. <laughs> if we want it done, if we want you guys at war, you will be at war. Right. Especially if we find oil. Oh, boy. So it goes on to say, there are many things you still have to pay attention to called contingent events. So basically saying anything can right. set this off, but it's not likely as of in the short term. Yeah. But anything could set it off. I feel like if Taiwan was like, okay, well, yeah, we can do this too. We're going to fly over your country in, with planes. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That's, I mean, that's the way I see this. Like, yeah. like I said, uh, Taiwan split from China, which we're going to get into the history of that. Yeah. China says, no, you didn't. Say, for example, Hawaii split from the U.S. And the U.S. Yeah. said, no, no, you actually didn't. So, um, China starts sending its ships over here and saying, hey, we're going to back you guys. Don't worry. Right. If, if they attack you, well, I mean, I think we'd be the U.S., yeah. not yeah. us. I, I, If Hawaii wants to leave, let them freaking right. leave. Yeah. But It's I'm, too expensive for me to go there. Yeah, the, the government would be pissed yeah, if we, China we, was coming this close to yeah. us. We got Magnum P.I. out of Hawaii. Let's face <laughs> it, that's the best thing we're going to get. That's true. So why can't I read my handwriting today? I don't know. I was writing too fast. Probably. So, uh, like I said, we got this strategic ambiguity. Yes. So, basically, we do tell them that, hey, like, we, we say, like we said, um, if something were to threaten to destabilize this region, we would go to war with yeah. that. Um, do these warplanes flying over, Would do we constitute that as, no. as an event? I mean, we don't. No. But do does yeah Taiwan would, might would a warmongering United States government possibly be like oh you feel threatened then we feel threatened I I did find it interesting again that the Taiwan people don't see any probability of war in the near future right yet we're over here like guys shit's about to kick off over there. Uh, they're they're threatening Taiwan and Taiwan themselves. I could see China being like, guys, this isn't a big deal. Don't look over here. But Taiwan, the ones oh, that are yeah. threatening, are like, uh, it's it's China. Well, it's just China being China. Yeah. And but but see, that's that's the other part of it though, is that the you know everybody here makes it such a big thing, you know, and and you know asking Biden like, oh, are we going to go after China? If that everybody knows Biden is not going to go after China, and Biden's going to run his mouth and probably right. I mean. Maybe it was planned for them to be like, dude, ask them about China so right. we can piss oh, China sure. off. Yeah, right. Makes me wonder, um, are we trying to provoke China into something that China doesn't want anything to do with, that Taiwan doesn't want anything to do with? Um, are we yeah. well, the I, ones provoking all I, this? I, I think, I mean, Biden kind of has, you know, in, in the, the circles of the right, you know, they whisper, you know, China Joe. 
and that he's got connections to China through Hunter or whatnot. You're like, no, I don't. And 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 that's it. He's trying to show strength. He's trying to show that. Well, no, I'm not going to put up with China. You know, they understand we're not backing down. Yeah. And and they, of course, he's going to back down. Oh yeah. Well, I talked last week on the weekend wrap up that you bailed on me for. I talked about China and their hypersonic weapon and yes. this new weapons race that we had, kind of like our space race with uh, Russia, uh, Russia, the Soviet Union. Uh, now we have this hypersonic weapons race that I didn't even know was a thing. Did you know there was? A- yeah, I, because Korea was bragging. Northern Korea was bragging about having something similar. North Korea has a hypersonic weapon. They said they did. I don't know. They said they did, no. but and yes, have but they them- even successfully got a. No, a warhead no, off the no. ground? But, but Putin was bragging about hypersonic weapons, too. Yeah, I can see Putin bragging about yeah. them. So China apparently launched the first hypersonic yes. weapon, and it landed like 12, or it was like 25 miles, I think, from where they intended it to land. So okay. it's not completely accurate, but right. the fact that they're doing it right. is kind of scaring the shit out of Americans. Absolutely. But in response, China's like, guys, we're not looking for an arms race right. here. We're not looking for like dominance in the region, nothing yeah. like that. We're just protecting our own right. interests, which yeah, we're just trying shit out. Which China protecting their interests could mean a lot of things. Well, when they find so much there to be their right. interests. Yeah, I mean, we talked about how you know they're trying to create this buffer zone around their country by you know going after you know islands in the South Pacific that are contested through yeah. other. Well, they've even created stuff. like. Man-made islands, which are just yeah. like super aircraft carriers that are right. unsinkable, like these artificial islands just dotting yeah. the the region there. Yeah. But again, back to us provoking it, like we send ships, warships through the China Sea, oh, yeah. not through like far away as they can. No, it's like up close right. to uh, the reefs, the yeah. Chinese reefs and stuff to provoke. And we, I mean. We do war games with other countries in the, yeah. the region constantly. We've done war games with Taiwan, I believe. <clears throat> yeah, a lot. And yeah. it's just like, are, I mean, are we really just poking that bear? Like, uh, I, I mean, yes, to an extent, I, you can say, hey, this is just us flexing back. Like, yeah. China is by sending the aircraft over Taiwan yeah. saying, hey, look, if you do this, we got this. Yeah. But do we need to do that though? No, and and uh, yeah, that I mean that's the thing. It's us like coasting by, being like we're not scared of you, you know, and that's it, you know. <laughs> Look what we got! Yeah. <laughs> Look at this new toy we got, and they're like, oh, those kids. <laughs> yeah, those, those waskly webbits. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the old guy sitting out on his porch as the kid rides by and like throws shit at his house, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I'm gonna get those kids. <laughs> that's that's basically what this is. Yeah. But yeah. again. Like, China says that they have no intention of, like, provoking anything or starting shit. And then the U.S. is like, China's starting shit, so we need to do something about this. Yeah. Like, who's who's right here? Probably neither. I was going to say. I I mean, it's mutually assured destruction if something were to happen. I mean, we both need each other economically to survive. Yeah, and that's one thing I want to just talk about at some point. It's just like... What happens if we do go to war with China? Because yeah. we can't keep trading with them. And right. what? how much of our exports come from China? Yeah. Like, what percent of our Im- exports go there and our imports come here? Like, how much trade is going yeah. from China to here and stuff? So, hey, we got a caller. I don't know if this is a real caller, but I'm going to try to answer it. Hello. You're on the Break the Bell podcast. Hello. Can you hear me? What the hell? I can't hear all right, I'm hanging up on you. Try back in just a minute. What was I talking about, though? 
Uh, we had mentioned a little bit about mutually assured destruction and um, how. Oh yeah, we were talking about the trade. Uh, and right, how, how much trade is involved and sure. stuff like that. Sure. Justin, call back. There it is. Holy shit! That's loud. <laughs> Hello, Justin. Is that you? Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. We finally got this to work. Right. Woo! Yes. First caller. Congratulations. <laughs> Excellent. Fourth time's a charm. The first two times, it just sent me straight to voicemail. Then I could hear you perfectly yeah. uh, when I called it a minute ago. Yeah. But yeah. now, awesome. Well, hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? Great, great. I I was, uh, I don't, to be honest with you guys, I don't normally listen live. I usually save it for first thing in the morning when I wake up, but I did manage to catch you guys talking about China. So what's the... What you guys chat about right now? Um, well, we got Joe Biden with his flubs and how he's saying that if China attacks Taiwan, then um, obviously we're committed to defending Taiwan. And then we got into this whole um, strategic ambiguity. Is that what they called it? Right, yeah. Where it's just like, basically, we want to keep things... Status quo. Status quo for our best interests. And if either side decides to screw that up, we're going to have problems with that. So that's about as far as we've come. And we were just talking about if we were to go to war with China, how does that work when we have so much economic ties to China? Yeah. I mean, I guess that's, that's the best thing right there, you know? Like, that would be just devastating to your average person, average, average worker, average citizen on both sides. And it sounds to me just like a bit of posturing from our guys and their guys. So the whole Biden comment just sounds like... I can imagine all the generals and people at the White House are like, oh, my God, what did Biden just say? What is he doing? And they're probably talking in the back channels going to you know, China, be like, don't, don't worry, he's like, we'll pull him back. We'll get him back on the reservation. He's doing something ridiculous right now. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, we, we heard, what was it, like two or three weeks ago, how that General Milley had to come out and reassure right. China that Trump wasn't going to attack them. And then like a week later, Biden comes out and is like, we're going to defend Taiwan, and everybody's like, no, not again. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it was insane. When I, when I saw that, I can only just imagine the, the amount of lecturing his wife probably gave him when he came back. It's like, now, Joe, what did we tell you about China? We're not going to fight with those guys. <laughs> we talked about this. Joe, That's Joe, remember when we said certain things we discuss here, but you don't say there? We're going to have to keep you out of those conversations from now on. <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, honestly, like the fact that this is all happening, I, I, I'm gonna look at this the best light possible. We, we know that there's a lot of people who, in in the public eye, they'll say one thing, they'll talk like, "Oh, this big threat, we gotta do it, we gotta fight these guys, they're evil, we gotta get our weapons, military, blah 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 blah." But then when anything starts actually getting near it, everyone's like, "Well, hold, hold on, we're just talking here. Let me call them and say it's okay. Let me call it's not okay." You know, it's just it's it's a big club, and we're not in it. You know, like yeah. their guys, our guys, they're they're friends in the end, probably behind the scenes. But it's all, all right. about political posturing. Oh, absolutely. Hey, no, I want to be the biggest superpower. No, I want to be the biggest superpower. <laughs> That's all it is. So I guess America got its turn. So now it's China's turn. Now we'll see what happens. That's what it seems like. But um, we're going to get into this later in the show. But while I got you on the phone, um, do you think because China says Taiwan is part of China and Taiwan says, no, we're not. We're separate. Do you think the U.S. has any any role in in anything with this or should we just leave it to them to work it out for themselves? I think the extent of any U.S. role would be to, you know, send all of our, just like they did with, just like Trump tried to do with um, North Korea, is just send all of our guys over there to talk with them, you know, 
open up the red carpet, be, be friendly, just the peaceful discussions. But I mean, not, nothing like active war. Like, let's be honest. We don't need to send our kids to go die for Taiwan. No. You know, like, why, why should any American have to send their son or daughter to go across the seas to go die for some island that is nowhere near us? It's not Texas. It's not New York. It's some island in the Indian Ocean. It's not so, affecting us in any way. We haven't heard really any th- concerns about, like, human rights violations right. or anything with Taiwan. It's just— it, Exactly. And it, it's, it's one of those things where that's how they get you. Because, like, obviously, all else equal, like, I would prefer that people don't die and, you know, self-determination and what we consider to be the important in the West would be flourishing in other places. But— it's not as if the U.S. state is going to be able to go there and accomplish that without a series of unintended or intended consequences. There's no way this works out. And let's be honest, what, what are we going to do? If, if China invades Taiwan, what are we going to do? Right. There? Are we seriously going to occupy the island for what? Until when? Right. What are we going to do? China has nukes. We have nukes. We're not going to fight with China. If we do, we're done. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. over. It's it's all over. <laughs> like yeah. it, game over, right there. So yeah, I, so I all, all we can hope is you know we 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 talk positively. We say you know what 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 do you guys want? You know we should open up trade, make communications. Let let them stay face. I mean honestly, that's like the biggest thing you can look back at. You know the the, the latter half of the 20th century when look at the Gulf War for example. Like they if they had just let Saddam stay face, he probably wouldn't have done what he did in the first Gulf War going into Kuwait. They just right. like give him a little bit so he can go back to his guys and go back to doing whatever. But that's the thing that you know the U.S. and the American Empire is like we have to have it our way and blah 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 blah. But people have interests and you got to figure out how to negotiate it. So. Yep. So, um, hey, I definitely agree. I think. Uh, I think we should stay the hell out of it as far as like military mm-hmm. involvement. Yeah. And like I said, I'm going to get more. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to get more into that later on in the show. Um, we got to keep things rolling, though. I appreciate you calling in, Justin. Uh, we haven't heard from you in a while. I know you tried last week. I'm glad we got you through today. Oh, it's, it's an honor to be here. You guys are doing great. Seriously, I look forward to seeing, uh, listening to you guys twice a week, maybe three times a week soon. Uh, you know, here's hoping, all right? <laughs> oh, I like it. Justin <laughs> called it. We're going to have to bump this thing up. <laughs> well, thank, right. thanks thank a lot, Justin. Have a great night. Yeah, you too, too, Justin. Bye. That was Justin. He's been he's been with us since the very yeah. start of this whole thing, and he's called in several times, and he always has really good stuff to he say, does. really good insight on like foreign affairs and stuff like that specifically. He called in for, um, what was it? Our, it was Iran and uh, Iran and Syria. Is, and Israel. And Syria and stuff yeah. like that. So he, he, he always has good shit to say about all that stuff. So um, it, he's usually busy a lot of times yeah. on Monday nights, so I'm glad he got the time to call in. We're going to keep this thing rolling, though. I want to get into some of the history behind all this because, like I said— I, I didn't really know any of the history until I started digging. Yeah. I just I knew there was this contention of China says Taiwan's China, Taiwan says no we're not. I didn't know really the background of that. So right. I just want to dig a little bit into that. So obviously who do you think I went to for my source of information? Uh, Uncle Wiki. Uncle Wiki, Wikipedia. I'm gonna pull this article up. This is just the article on Taiwan and I'm gonna branch off to a couple other little things just to just to, for some clarification, I'm not going to read all of it, obviously, because there's a lot of history here. Again, right. I'm just going to cover some of the important parts. So this is talking about Taiwan. Officially, the Republic of China. I did not know that. Yes. Yes. News to me. The Republic of China. 
obviously, you can see how there can be some contention there. No, if Taiwan calls themselves the Republic of China, yeah. China calls themselves the People's Republic of China. Yes. It sounds like there could be some headbutting there. A little confusion, yes. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. So it says, officially, the Republic of China, it's a country in East Asia. It shares maritime borders with the People's Republic of China, or China, as we, we China. call it around here. China. China. Uh, to the northwest, Japan to the northeast, the Philippines to the south. The main island of ta Taiwan has an area of 35,808 35, square kilometers with the mountain ranges, blah, blah, blah. I don't need all this stuff. The capital is Taipei. Is that how you pronounce that? Sure. Sure. We'll go with that. Um, it has 23.4... Taipei. 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 There Taipei. you go. I knew, I knew I was doing... I knew I was ruining that. Um, has 23.45 million inhabitants. Taiwan among the, is among the most densely populated countries in the world. Wow. I yeah. did not know that. Well, 24 million people in a 13,000 square mile radius. Wow. Okay. It's pretty... Pretty crammed in there, I guess. Yeah. So I'm going to scroll down to some of the history parts. Uh, where was it? Where was it? Where was it? So it talks about how first it was settled by these like uh, Taiwan Taiwanese indigenous people, their Austronesian-speaking ancestors, uh, settled there about 6,000 years ago. In the 17th century, um, there was a large-scale Chinese immigration to western Taiwan, beginning under a Dutch colony hmm. and continued under the kingdom of Tung Ning. says the island was annexed in 1683 by the Qing dynasty. Is that Q-I-N-G? Qing, 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 Qing dynasty. Sorry, I'm not fluent on my Chinese. Um, so it was annexed in 1683 by the Qing dynasty of China. And then was ceded to the Empire of Japan in 1895. You know when Japan decided, hey, we want right. to take over the world yeah. too? Um, so they took over Taiwan in 1895. That was the Empire of Japan. Says the Republic of China, which had overthrown the Xing in 1911, took control of Taiwan on behalf of uh, World War II allies following the surrender of Japan in 1945. Hmm. So the Republic of China is... One form of government. And then mm -hmm. you have the People's Republic, which is the communist right. factor. And then they fought a civil war in a couple of years after 19... Actually, it was... It, it's interesting that the Chinese Civil War was split into two parts. There was the beginning part, mm -hmm. which was pre-World War II. Then they put it on pause for World War II. They had and, to. And then World War II ended, and they finished it. They finished the job. So it's... I'm going to click on this Chinese Civil War just to get a little back information. So, like I said, the Xing Dynasty took over in the 1600s, took control of Taiwan, which was the dynasty of China. So that's yeah. when Ta China took control, <clears throat> and then Japan took it when mm -hmm. they were having their conquest. The Republic of China overthrew the Xing Dynasty in 1911, it said, okay, and that's when they were formed. And then Taiwan was brought back after World War II as kind of a settlement okay. from Japan after World War II. The Chinese Civil War was a civil war fought in China. 
Uh, Bet you didn't know that. Makes sense to me. Between Kuomintang-led government of the Republic of China and the forces of the Chinese Communist Party. So it was during the whole communist revolution. Right. China was one of the ones that had a one of those revolutions. Right. Says lasting in, intermittently between 1927 and 1949. So there was two phases. Like I said, the first was 27 to 37. And it seemed like the communist factor kind of was overthrown during that. And then the Second World War was fought. And then after that happened, the Chinese Communist Revolution happened. And um, they ended up pushing out the um, Republic of China people. Mm -hmm. So there's the PRC and the ROC. ROC is the people in Taiwan now. So... After the second part of that war, the PRC pushed the ROC, ROC to Taiwan. Gotcha. So now Taiwan is, that's why they call it the Republic of China. They gotcha. call themselves that. The two of them argue back and forth of who has sovereign control over China. Imagine that. The tiny, imagine like Hawaii right. saying, what? We you know, we're the Republic of the United States. Yeah. And the United States is like, well, but we're the United States. And Hawaii's like, but we actually have the rights to, the sovereign rights to the United States. And the rest of the United States is like, (laughs) funny, funny story. Um, You're just a tiny little island, and fuck you, basically. right. So, you see, I mean, is this confusing enough to you? Well, no, it makes sense to me. So, what I don't understand is why the ROC even though they're kind of exiled to this little inland outlet, little piece of land, think that they have claim over the whole country. Well, because they were the ruling Right, they the were time, the ones, right. And they see it as probably like an illegal takeover yeah. that, of that the country. That would be like Trump saying, no, I, I'm still, I still am in charge of this country. As Trump <laughs> tends to do. So Justin says, Taipei. That, okay, thank you. Taipei yeah. is how you pronounce yeah. it. Thank you. That's what you said, right? Yeah. Um, I was late at that comment. So let's see. It says after the second Taiwan Strait crisis, um, both tactically ceased fire in 1979. So this went on and on and on, back and forth between like 30 them. years. So there was this crisis in 79. There was never officially a peace treaty or an armistice or anything that got signed. There's just kind of like a okay. We'll stop shooting each other. And I think the U.S. got involved in this, and that's uh, okay. that's partially why. Uh, because that 1979 is when that Taiwan Relations Act right. happened. Kicked in. So after that, it, it was almost like the United States was like, huh, we got economic ties to both of these. We yeah. need them to kind of yeah. get along. We, we see how we can benefit from both of these. Right, yeah. yeah. But don't worry, you're one, but you're not one. <laughs> to you but you are one to you we can make this work wink 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 <laughs> exactly so the taiwan relations act is let me get let me get this one this is also wikipedia like i said i'm going to jump back and forth i'm not going to read through all of it i just want to point out a couple things in in all of these so it says um Sorry, everything jumped around. In 78, China regarded itself in a united front with the United States, Japan, and Western Europe against the Soviets. So at the time, we had a strategic alliance with China because of 
the Soviet Union. Right. Even though China was also communist. is also communist. Yeah. However, we're, we're aligning strategically with them yeah. against the Soviet Union. Says, thus establishing diplomatic relations with the United States in 1979, supported American operations in communist Afghanistan, which is when we went in, gave them a bunch of right. weapons to push out the communists, and then they yeah. got mad at us. And I think us. a lot of that, the those relations with China, didn't that come through Nixon? Yeah, a lot of this, um, a lot of the, I think this whole act mm-hmm. started kind of with relations with Nixon, and then this act was signed by Jimmy yeah. Carter. Says um, in '79, they supported American operations in communist Afghanistan and leveled a punitive expedition against Vietnam. So there's another thing we needed them for. America's main antagonist in Southeast Asia. In the exchange, the United States abrogated its mutual defense treaty with the Republic of China on Taiwan. So at that point, we said, hey, um, we're going to cut our official ties with you because we kind of need them. Yeah. So right. we don't want to piss them off. Because up till then, up till then, we saw yeah. them. We considered them the official governing body of China, even though mm-hmm. they hadn't been since 1949, I think right. it was. So, okay. So for 30 years, we're like, yeah, you guys are the official. Yeah. And we had official ties with them. But then when we needed China— We needed the PROC, and then it's like, you know, guys— um, they're, they're um, sorry, uh, but we can't do this. That seems it's like not a very me, U.S. thing to do. It's not me, it's you. <laughs> or it's not you, it's me. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to be friends, is basically yeah, right. what we said. Says the ROC, or Taiwan, uh, government mobilized its ethnic lobby in the U.S. to lobby Congress for swift passage of an American security guarantee for the island. So after we said this, hey, we're going to cut ties with you, they're like, whoa, 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 can we can we get some yeah, kind right. of guarantee here? Yeah. Because you've been backing us for a long time. Right. Can we get some? Yeah, the only reason we stood up to them is because you had our back. And yeah, if and you're now gone, we're yeah. kind of screwed. Says Taiwan could appeal to members of Congress on many fronts. Anti-communist China sentiment, so... So the things that they could be like, hey, remember, we don't like communism yeah. either, and neither do you. We're all democracy. They have a history, wartime history with the ROC, with like World War II and stuff. Uh, Beijing's human rights violations and its curtailment of religious freedom. So they're like, hey, we, we have a lot in common, so yeah. we, need, we need some kind of uh, um, security guarantees here. Mm-hmm. Have yeah. our back a little bit at least. Right. So it goes on to talk about how um, it was passed in both chambers of the U.S. Congress and signed by Jimmy Carter in 79 after breaking of relations between the U.S. and the Republic of China in Taiwan. Congress rejected the State Department's proposed draft and replaced it with language that has remained in effect since 1979. So when they say, we're not changing our policies on this, they're, right. she's referring back to this thing that has not changed at all since, since 1979. Our stance has remained the same since then. Says the Carter administration signed the Taiwan Relations Act to maintain commercial, cultural, and other relations through the unofficial relations in the form of nonprofit corporation incorporated under the laws of DC. So we gotta we gotta keep our commercial, cultural, and other relations. Which one do you yeah. think they care about the most? There, uh, commercial. Commercial. Yeah. The e- economic relations. Yeah, they don't are, give a shit about cultural. No, we we don't care about their culture. <laughs> I don't. We don't even know what their culture is. There. But, I, I think they used to make GI Joe toys. Uh, did they? <laughs> I remember they used uh, a lot of things used to yeah, come. Yeah, made from in Taiwan. Taiwan. Yeah. But now it's just a. Uh, China probably threw a fit, and they're like, "No, it's yeah. going to be stamped <laughs> made in China." Yeah. Uh, that that's what everything has to be now. So it talks about the definition of Taiwan. Says the act doesn't recognize the terminology 
of Republic of China after 1979. So mm. we don't even consider Republic of China a, a term anymore right. in our language. Yeah. We use the terminology of governing authorities of Taiwan. Hmm. So basically, it, whoever's in control, right. we're going to yeah. back, we're gonna back Taiwan, yeah. is what it yeah. sounds like. So whoever governs Taiwan, that this applies yeah. to them, too. So if China does come and take over Taiwan— They're like, hey, you know what? Our, our deal still holds. Yeah, it's, it still holds up. We haven't changed— Commercial, right? Yeah. And cultural. Yes. It says, geographically speaking and following the similar content in earlier defense treaty from 1955, it defines the term Taiwan to include, as the context may require, the island of Taiwan and— Pescadores, of the other islands or archipelagos, ar- <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, uh, that's where uh, the giant Goliath turtle was. That I, was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, archipelagos. There yes. Under the control of the Republic of China, Kinmen, the Matsis, are left outside the definition of Taiwan. So it sounds like they're like, hey, this part's Taiwan, right. but we're not going to include this as Taiwan. Um, it talks about de facto diplomatic relations with the governing authorities. Like I said, Taiwan's governing authorities, not the ROC, right? whoever's in control. Yeah. Giving special powers to the IT to the level that it is the de facto embassy. So we don't have official no. embassy, but we have a de facto yeah. embassy. Yeah, we get a back room and... You see how uh, we're, how shitty we kind of are at this? Well, yeah. I mean, this is a really douchey agreement. I mean, <laughs> it is. It's just like whatever works. Yeah. In our interest, right? We're gonna back that. Yeah. Who yeah. cares? <laughs> of course, we got your back. Shh. Why wouldn't we? It says, says right there, black and white. Yeah. I mean, it says the governing. You're the governing authorities. <laughs> yeah. Right. Obviously, we have your back. <laughs> For now. <laughs> It says the Taiwan Relations Act doesn't guarantee the U.S. will intervene militarily if the PRC attacks or invades Taiwan, nor does it relinquish it. So it's not saying, hey, we will, right. but it's not saying we, <laughs> we won't. won't. Exactly. <laughs> Why do we need a contract for I know, this? This is exactly. not the most vague contract. Yeah, I know. So by contract, we're not saying we're going to, but we won't. we're not going to say we won't. We won't rule it out. <laughs> its primary purpose is to, to ensure... The U.S.-Taiwan policy will not be changed unilaterally by the president and ensure any decision to defend Taiwan will be made with the consent of Congress. So, it, Which we saw. Yeah, so so it's saying um, the president can't just come yeah. give some executive order changing right. the policies. Congress yeah. has to do this. And Congress doesn't do shit, so that's right. why it hasn't changed since 1979. Yeah. It states uh, the United States will make available to Taiwan such defenses— such defense articles and defense services in such quantity as may be necessary to enable Taiwan to maintain a sufficient self-defense capabilities. We talked about that. Yeah. Goes on to say, uh, stipulates the U.S. will consider any effort to determine the future of Taiwan by other than peaceful means, including boycotts or embargoes, a threat to the peace and security of the Western Pacific. So hmm. if Taiwan were to boycott right. China— that is not considered a peaceful means. Right. And we consider that a grave concern and a threat. Yeah. If there's embar- trade embargoes from Taiwan, it sound, sounds like we don't really have Taiwan's back that much. Right. If, if they're the antagonist here, we're not yeah. going to have their back. Right. And that could mean, like, what if China starts being real shitty to Taiwan and Taiwan's like, hey, we're um, going to boycott this shit. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound like we're going to have Taiwan's back yeah. on that. Right. It's like two two brothers that are fighting. Yeah. And, and it's like, okay, he he hit me first, so I'm hitting him back. And it's like, okay, well, I, I'm sorry. I can't support that action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not peaceful. It's not peaceful. So we're going to we're gonna have to spank both of you. 
but mostly you. <laughs> so it goes on to say, in August 17th, um, in 1982, it says the U.S. agreed to reduce arms sales to Taiwan. However, it also declared that it would not formally recognize the PRC's sovereignty over Taiwan. So now they're saying, we're not going to say the ROC controls Taiwan, but we're not going to say the PRC, the PRC yeah. that China But we're not going to sell them any more weapons. We're going to reduce the sale yes. of weapons. So. It go. It went on back and forth. There was some shit in the '90s. There was some shit in the 2000s. Um, in 2007, it says uh, Congress basically reiterated that we're not recognizing the PRC as sovereign over yeah. Taiwan. By PRC, again, we mean China. China. PRC continues to view the Taiwan Relations Act as an unwarranted intrusion by the United States. Oh. Gee, imagine that. Yeah. They're like, hey, um. You guys have no business in this right. at all. Why, why and this, are you here? Yeah, this act is unwarranted. It's intrusive into our sovereignty. It's internal affairs yeah. of China. You shouldn't have anything to do with this. But the United States continued supplying Taiwan with armaments, and China continued to protest. Then it gets into 2016. 2016 was an interesting time. Yes. Because, um, first of all, at the Republican National Convention— the Republican Party platform stated, our relations will continue to be based upon the provisions of the Taiwan Relations Act, and we affirm the six assurances, which the six assurances are, again, I'm not going to, I'm reading a lot, but there's there's yeah. several things here we got we to gotta touch on. Six assurances from the United States. The U.S. would not set a date for termination of arms sales to Taiwan, so there's... They're th still selling. Yeah, they're like, um, we're, we're not going to tell you when. We're not going to set a date. Yeah. We're just going to keep selling. The U.S. won't alter the terms of the Taiwan Relations Act. So that's why that. it hasn't yeah. changed since 79. The U.S. would not consult chi with China in advance before making decisions about the United States arms sales to Taiwan. So they're making these arms sales without consulting China first, right. which that's probably provocative to yeah. China. The U.S. would not mediate between Taiwan and China. So if it comes down to it... Yeah, you guys need to find someone else. Like... Justin Which, was saying. Justin was saying the one thing we should do is mediate between yeah. them if something went right. down. But the U.S. is like, no, we're not going to do that. But uh, but that right there just shows it's like okay, they're getting involved in their business, but it's like <laughs> they don't want to clean up. <laughs> exactly. If it gets down to the brass tacks, it's like you know we don't want to get involved, guys. <laughs> mm -hmm. The U.S. won't mediate. The U.S. would not alter its position about the sovereignty of Taiwan which was that the question was one to be decided peacefully by the Chinese themselves and would not pressure Taiwan to enter into negotiations with China. So they're saying, we're not going to change our position on the sovereignty of them. Yeah. Our position is, that's between you guys to decide. <laughs> right. That's what it sounds like. We're Why are you bringing us into your stuff? <laughs> yeah, we're getting it like as deep, elbows deep as we can, and then be back and be like, yeah. "Dude, why are you dragging me into <laughs> yeah, this, man? We're trying to stay out of this." <laughs> Number six, the U.S. would not formally recognize Chinese sovereignty over Taiwan. <laughs> so they're not saying anything, but they are saying that they're not going to say <laughs> that China has sovereignty over Taiwan. <laughs> So jumping back, um, like I said, the 2016 Republican National Convention, they said they're going to continue to base it on the Six Assurances, which came out in 1982 by Ronald Reagan. They said, they we oppose any unilateral steps by either side to alter the status quo in the Taiwan Straits. So again, 
Yeah. Don't change business. I we like we got a good thing yeah. going here. Don't change <laughs> yes. anything. Yeah. On the principle that all issues regarding the island's future must be resolved peacefully again through dialogue and be agreeable to the people of Taiwan. <laughs> if China were to violate those principles, the U.S. in accordance with the Taiwan Relations Act will help Taiwan defend himself. So that said, there based yeah. on what they said in 2016. Jen Psaki wasn't wrong, but she wasn't right. And Biden, yeah. Jen Psaki wasn't wrong. Biden wasn't wrong. Right. Biden said, uh, we've committed to defending them if China yeah. were to violate. Jen Psaki says, um, no, we're not changing our stance here. Right. But our stance, according to the Republicans yeah. in 2016, is if they violate it, we will defend it. Yeah. So basically, I mean, China is not going to invade Taiwan. They're not going to try to, you know, they're not going to attack whatever. They're going to try to goad them into a fight so that Taiwan makes the first move. Yeah, because then the U.S. won't back exactly. them. Exactly. I mean, wouldn't that make the most yeah. sense? So they're going to fly their jets. They're going to buzz the tower. They're going to ride their, their boats along this coastline and, and pee on the on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not going to do anything until Taiwan gets pissed and, and spits in their general direction. Coincidentally... In 2016, the same year the RNC came out and said this, coincidentally, the new elected president of Taiwan, or some female, I can't think of her name, I can't pronounce her name, I'm not even going to try, the president of Taiwan was newly elected, and she's the most pro-independent Taiwan president that Taiwan has had. At the same time, who else got elected? Donald Trump. DT. And... There was this phone call that was made, which has, has not happened since 1979. Yes. There has not been communication between a U.S. standing or um, incoming president and a, a leader of Taiwan since 1979. And I imagine this little red phone under a glass case sitting in the corner, and all of a sudden it rings. And Trump's like, I got it. And then everybody's like, no! <laughs> we, we never answer Taiwan. It's like, guys, it, it, it might be a fan. She, she's, she's one of my biggest fans. We, we go way, way back. So all this phone call was, supposedly, was the president of Taiwan congratulating Donald Trump for winning. Yeah, right. And there was this big old deal, bigger deal than what they're making about Biden, this big old deal saying, hey, we, we broke these terms uh, between not recognizing them officially, right. so we can't have the president, you, talking to the president right. of Taiwan because that would be yeah. legitimizing her presidency. Right. And then they came out and they're like, guys, he just answered the phone call and said, <laughs> thank you. That's it. That's literally it. That's as far as it went. You would not believe what he just did. <laughs> and then they came out and they're like, dude, Obama talked to the Castros. Right. Who's our sworn enemy? Yeah. These are supposedly unofficial allies. Not even allies. Can you call them allies? I don't even think you can because we yeah. have not committed we, one we, way or exactly. another. We cannot so I don't think we can nor deny <laughs> whether or not we are or are not allies. <laughs> so then again, did Jen Psaki backpedal? Or did she just do a runaround as she does yeah. and say what we wanted to hear to right. say, no, we're not going to go to war with China? Yeah. She didn't. She never said, we're not going to no. go to war with China. Right. right. She said, let me be clear. We're not changing our policies. Right. But it, yeah. it seems like this she, act is similar to the Constitution. It's up for interpretation. Right, right. Because the RNC 
interpreted it as, look, if they attack, we will yeah, go help right, them. Right. And, and I, I think, I mean, she truly clarified Biden because, you know, Biden, you know, obviously was like, yes and yes. And everybody's like, oh, shit. Oh, and, <laughs> oh, oh, he's changing his stance, guys. Yeah, yeah. But is he? He just said exactly. yes. And she's like, no, and we're yes. not changing our stance. We will not change our stance. Yeah. We have not changed our stance. Yeah. And Biden did not change her stance all he said was yes he didn't even know what the question was yes <laughs> correct absolutely thank you next, next question, question. <laughs> so it's about time for a break we're about due for that i want to get into like hypotheticals like if, sure. we, if we were to go to war with china i mean we got to discuss that yeah absolutely. i'm not saying we are or yeah. it's inevitable but if we were yeah what does that look like is that good? Is that bad? Do you think China would step that far, or do you think they're just flexing? Do you yeah. think they we would piss China off enough that they'd be like, all right, motherfucker, watch this. Bomb Taiwan completely. What are you going to do now? Yeah. It doesn't exist. Yes, it's gone. Now yeah. we don't even have this problem. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about that when we come back. We're going to take, uh, I don't know, four or five minutes that to works. freshen up, yeah. powder our nose, powder our noses. all that fun stuff. Um Phone lines will still be open, 712-320-8289. If you got anything to say, any comments, any questions regarding this, if you want to say we're full of shit, that's fine. We'll take it yeah. for what it's worth. We'll take that. Um, call in. Otherwise, share the shit around while you're on break. This is a perfect opportunity for you to hit that like and share button, that subscribe button, all that stuff, all those buttons that they give you yes. to push. Hit them all. Push them all. We'll be back in just a couple minutes to continue this conversation. Goodbye. Bye. Have you ever thought that maybe voting, maybe all this politics constantly surrounding you is not the way to achieve freedom in your life? Hi, I'm Remster W. Martinez, and I ask myself the same question. That's why I'm on a journey to find true freedom in my lifetime. From learning about financial independence, to new ways to develop rugged individualism, to amazing guests living strange, crazy, amazing lifestyles that you've only thought might be real, but actually are. Go ahead and check out my new show, On the Run with Remster W. Martinez at the We Are Libertarians Network. You can find On the Run with Remster W. Martinez on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. You know how the internet works. Come on down and let's discover how to achieve real freedom in your life together. Hey, everybody. I just want to take this time to give a big shout out to the very first sponsor of the Break the Bell podcast. That is Goulash Media. They can be found at goulashmedia.net. Uh, Goulash Media specializes in graphic design, web design, audio recordings, video work, wedding videos, uh, music videos, even political campaign videos. Uh, Goulash Me Media caters to the little guy with the big vision. You can check them out at goulashmedia.net. That's G-O-U-L-A-S-H media.net. all this china stuff i agree with justin i think a lot of it's just posturing you know I, I, nobody wants to go to war nobody's gonna push the other person over that edge because there's no way back I mean, you got the yeah. two two biggest dogs in the fight 
Uh, the only thing I think is if, if Putin's like, let's see if I can push these motherfuckers to fight. Right? <laughs> well, whose uh, side do you think Putin would be on in all this? Oh, you'd take China. Yeah? Yeah. But, I mean, only, only because of other interest, I'm sure. But Taiwan is not... It, is not worth anybody going to war over. No, I don't, so, I don't think so. But I mean, 24 million people. It, it if they decide, hey, you know, fuck these guys. We're gonna hypersonic missile these guys, and let uh, everyone else sort it out. I still don't think the U.S. would move on it. So Pierce says, you just saw something about Fauci torturing dogs. Pierce, we talked about this in the weekend wrap up that was released yesterday. So go back and watch that episode. Um, yeah, that was that was pretty fucked up stuff about the Fauci torturing the dogs. The sand fleas, yeah, that was yeah. horrible. Yeah, it was horrible. And yeah, we covered that pretty good um, in that weekend wrap-up episode yesterday. So definitely check that out. Go back and um, yeah. check out some of those old episodes. If you guys only pop in for the live episodes, we do release a weekend wrap-up episode every Sunday night usually is when it comes out. So that's where we just cover a lot of the other shit that we don't get into in the main yeah. episode. So definitely check those episodes out. Um, back to what you were saying, though. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't even know that the Taiwanese people, like the commoners, I, I read that it's more of like a power grab thing for yeah. the people at the top in Taiwan. Like the commoners are just like, eh, we don't really carry the way yeah. just as long as we get food and um, we right. get to live our lives. It's fine. That's yeah. fine. Right. It does. I. We don't care if China says we belong to them or if Taiwan says we belong to them. We're just. We're just here. Yeah. It just seems like it's more like the people at the top that are making this. Right. This big deal yeah. about it. And obviously the U.S. and their relationship, and their economic ties and stuff like that. Yeah. So. No, and that makes sense. Too. So, yeah, like I said, it'd be a different story if it was a, uh, a human rights or like a. Right. Like, wow, that just. That dies was really sudden, and it was right when you said right. It was like you <laughs> killed the music. That was that was my right. Sorry. Um, if it was like human rights violations or things like that, mm-hmm. it would be a different story. Yeah. Um, but if it's just hey, um, he said this is mine, but I say it's mine, then yeah, I that's not something we should get involved in, right. in my opinion. Yeah, and, and I don't even see the United States trying to start a proxy war no. with it. Again, it's it's something that that you know. United States, they don't. They're not friends with with communists. They pr- they probably you know for the sake of appearances be like, yeah, we support your democracy, mm-hmm. but well, we're not really going to do anything about it. Interesting thing is the Republic of China, the people mm-hmm. that governed it before, they weren't a democracy before. It was like a fascist dictatorship type oh, authoritarian right. thing, and only since they got pushed into Taiwan did they kind of open yeah. things up more to democratic, like semi-quasi-democratic elections. Well, I mean, let's be honest. That's the only way they were going to get the United States support. Right, right, right. <laughs> They're not going to be like, hey, we're authoritarians. Can you back yeah. us? Right. I mean, but, uh... for us, it's like, well, it's kind of like when you elect a Republican president, he has to say he's a oh, Christian. right, yeah, right. So they have to say at least they're, they're yeah, exactly. democratic they, country. Yeah, they, there's certain platitudes they have to achieve boxes they have to check Mm -hmm, exactly so i want to take a look a little more about these warplanes like why china's flying these warplanes for this this posturing or whatever and to them it's a little more than just hey we're flexing our muscle here um they're feeling a little threatened about certain things and it's making them decide hey we gotta we gotta flex our muscle and show that we're not gonna 
just roll over on this. Okay. So this one's from CNN. It says, five things to know about China's record surge of warplanes near Taiwan. Um, it starts out, it says, China's record number of incursions of warplanes into Taiwanese defensive zones over the past four days plays to Beijing's military strengths while sending potent messages both at home and far beyond the self-governed island, Western analysis says. Say. Says a mix of nearly 150 people of the Liberation Army Air Force, or China's Air Force, uh, fighter jets, nuclear-capable bombers, and anti-submarine aircraft and air and airborne early warning and control planes have entered Taiwan's air defense identification zone, or ADIS, not ADIS, ADIS. Interesting acronym. Since Friday, the air defense identification zone. That's yes. what it stands for, um, according to the Taiwan Defense Ministry. While Chinese flights have not come close to what Taiwan considers its sovereign airspace, which is 12 nautical miles from its coastlines, they have entered the ADIS, or that identification, that buffer zone, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Where Taipei, is that how we decided it was? Taipei. Taipei, sorry. I'll get this right. You put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Taipei says it will respond to any incursion. So... They're saying that if you do get into this, they're going to respond. They're not yeah. saying they're going to shoot them down, but they right. said uh, radio warnings, anti-aircraft missile tracking. So you'll see the things mm-hmm. like tracking them, right. like moving back and forth and tracking them. Um, or fighter jet intercepts, right. which is when they fly up next to them yeah. and say, get the fuck out. Right. They go invert it and flip yes. them off. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it says on Monday when the PLAAF sent the largest number of warplanes, 56 that's a lot. That's a hell of a lot yeah. of warplanes. Into Taiwan, um, Adi, since the island began publicly reporting such activities last year, Taiwan's defense ministry said radio warnings were issued and air defense missile systems were deployed to monitor the activity. Hmm. So it sounds like people are on edge. Yeah, a little bit. So it says, at no time during the surge of Chinese flights has it been suggested that actual combat, combat was imminent. So no... Nobody thinks that, hey, this right. could have set off a war right then. It says, but Western analysts say China is able to make several points without firing a shot in anger. So here's some of the points. The first one, it, it starts out, it says, it's a well-thought-out program from Beijing meant to be carried out over months and years with several interrelated goals. So here's some of the goals. Okay. The first is political-slash-military signaling to try to— Intimidate the government in Taiwan and exert China's claim to self-governing the island. So flexing. Yeah. Yeah. So the first goal would be flexing. Yeah. Like, hey, look, 56 warplanes. Yeah. What do you got to say? Intimidation tactics to say, hey, uh, you guys don't control shit. Yeah, right. The second is getting their pilots and associated military support personnel experience conducting these type of operations under different conditions, such as night or rain or whatever. So just getting them the experience in case they have to do something. They have to do something about it. So, yeah, just experience, training, mission. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do it all the time off the coast of China, so why can't they do it off the coast of Taiwan? The third goal would be to force Taiwan's military to scramble aircraft in response, which helps wear out Taiwan's smaller air force and pilots. Not only would that wear them out because they're smaller, but it also, you'd be able to gauge their response. Like, how would they respond to an event like this? Like, um, what's the response time? What's the reaction to this? Um, 
do they immediately like send up warnings? Right. How do they do they scramble jets? What do they do? Yeah. Like right. what what would happen if we right. were to do yeah. this? What what formations do they fly in? What what yeah. airfields are they flying out of? Yeah, you can learn a lot about their Strategic. tactics. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, by doing this, especially with fifty, it's like, hey, what are they yeah. going to do? Right. And again, it's. Like, what does a small island like that do when 56 planes all at once oh, yeah. just fly I mean, over? It's like, what, right. what are they going to do if we send them all? Yeah. Send more. Yeah, right. It's like I talked about a couple of weeks ago. It's like if we went to war with China, I mean, they got so many people right. and resources that they just throw all at once. It's like, what What the hell do you do? Right. It says um, other analysts say the PLA is showing – uh, the friends of Taiwan, specifically the United States, Japan, and the UK, that it won't back down in the face of their support for Taipei. Got it right that time. Had to think about it. So basically, showing the rest yeah, of us being like, "Hey, look, we can do this. Yank and do dick." Yeah, it basically saying hey, we're not going to back down under yeah. your pressures right. of these superpowers. Specifically, like it says, U.S., Japan, and yeah. the UK. Um, they're not backing down on their yeah. stance on, hey, this is our territory. Stay the fuck away. says, they also say extensive coverage of the flights in domestic Chinese media is designed to shore up support for Beijing's campaign to bring Taiwan under its control. So, uh, yeah, political stunt thing. Right. Um, to garner support through the pu- publicization of all this. Right. And it's not just Chinese media that's publicizing this. It's us. We're oh, publicizing yeah. right. the shit out of we're, this, too. So and we're doing it right now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Free... <laughs> Free publicity. You're welcome, Beijing. So it says, what is Taiwan doing that angers China? So let me scroll down. I thought I had this highlighted, but my highlights disappeared. Um, so it says, the surge in Chinese flights in the Taiwan airspace came after Taipei officially submitted an application to join the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership, or the CPTPP Free Trade Pact. Yes. Mouthful. I'm sure that pissed them off. Yeah, so they applied for this free trade pact with countries such as us, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And they keep, they're not technically supposed to do that because they're not technically their own country. Right, they're so not sovereign. all their trade should be funneling through Beijing. Beijing. It says it's a kind of action Beijing will not... Uh, will not countenance. They say there is only one China in the world, and Taiwan is an inalienable part of China's territory. With regard to the CPTPP, we firmly oppose Taiwan's accession to any agreement or organization of official nature, says the Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesperson, Li Jian Zhao. Um, She tweeted September 23rd. So they saw that as... Kind of an aggressive act on their own. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. It's like, hey, we're going to start trading with another country on yeah. our own because we're our own country. And they're like, no, you're not. You're our country, right. and you're not going into any agreements. Right. So, I mean, backing up a little bit, Taiwan got kicked out of the UN Yes. back in um, 79, I think, too. Yeah. That, that Roughly that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, the U.S. The reason Taiwan was in the UN in the first place is they were is the ROC, the Republic of China, the Taiwanese people that don't control all of China anymore. Right. They were the delegates to the UN for China, for the entirety of China. So the government that claims China that has very little to no control over China is the representation of China to the right. UN. Yeah, right. I can see a problem with that. Yeah, and so at some point, 
I think it was this. Uh, got another call. Nice. Hello. This is the Break the Bell podcast. Hello. What's up? I want to see Bill take his shirt off. You want Bill to take his shirt off? Yeah. Is there any money involved? That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, not today. I have to go again. It's Remso. Hey, Remso. Remso. I knew it had to be somebody that actually likes Bill around here. <laughs> I'm the only one that likes Bill. I know that because Bill's wife told me. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. But, uh, uh, it's, it's all good. No, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you guys. And, you know, foreign policy has never been one of those areas that I'm particularly strong in. But, hey, Remzo. Remzo. Yeah. Uh, we're having a hard time hearing you. Is your like mouth up to your like it? How's this? You're really muffled for a second there. How's, how's this? That's much better. You're better. Okay. Yeah. So so there are like two movies I would suggest to people that they watch if they want to understand like Chinese foreign policy and Chinese you know philosophy towards the world. And in that show, it's definitely Fist of Fury with Bruce Lee. Okay. And Wolf Warrior 2. Both of those films literally tell you the history of Chinese post of Chinese culture post colonialism. What was the second one, Remzo? What was the second one? Huh? Uh, Wolf Warrior 2. It, it's it's literally a Chinese action film. Yeah. Where they basically address like their whole foreign policy in a two-hour film with a lot of explosions and shit. It's a crazy movie. Okay, cool. But basically, like, that that one is about, like, the Belt and Road Initiative, for example, and it basically paints China as the new protector of Africa in our modern times. Hmm. Huh. So it's it's pure Chinese propaganda. So that, that that's an example of, like, where they're going right now. And you see that with the Belt and Road Initiative, where you have China going into Africa and starting businesses, giving out giant loans to governments so they could build naval bases, going and actually trying to instill themselves as a worthy business and military partner hmm. to a lot of uh, North African nations. So, so I mean, that's an example of, like, what they're doing right now. It's a pure propaganda film, but it's a good action movie, too, so I recommend that. But then there's Fist of Fury with Bruce Lee, which didn't even get shown in the United States and most of Europe for a couple of years because when it came out, it was purely Chinese propaganda. And mm-hmm. the West is looking at this and they're like, we can't have this movie out here. Hmm, right. So basically that film is about what happened when the Japanese went ahead and took over China, as well as what's going on is, you know, uh, England is still a really prevalent Western power in China. I mean, they, they go into a lot of themes in that. They go into the racial elements, they go into the cultural elements, they throw a little bit of history in there. People see that movie and they think it's just a Bruce Lee action film, hmm. but no, I mean, that, that tells you everything you really need to know. So if there are any morons hmm. out there like me and they want to understand hmm. China, I'm a they moron. definitely have to watch Fist of Fury in Wolf Warrior 2. Yeah, we'll have to check okay. it out. Maybe we'll watch it and do a bonus episode. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Down. That'd be pretty cool. We'll have to have you on to break that yeah, down for like a bonus episode or something, Remzo. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Anytime, guys. Anyway, I'll let you go. Thanks for having me. All right. Yeah, thanks, Remzo. Friends. All right, bye. See that, that was Remzo Martinez of the On the On the Run podcast. We have him on every now and then. He's been on multiple times on our show. Yeah. Um, check out his shit. He has plenty of good stuff to say. Check out our episodes that he's been on. 
he always has. He always brings the wisdom. Yes, same, same with Justin. We've had two yeah. really informative yeah. people call that's in, good. so that's good. That's good. Um, so yeah, we're gonna definitely have to check out those movies. Yeah, because I know you like Bruce Lee. So, I do. Um, so yeah, we'll have to do like some bonus content on those mm. movies. So uh, look forward to that. If uh, you want access to our bonus content, sign up to our Patreon program at patreon.com forward slash break the bell. Um, and you can have access to all our bonus content where we break down stuff that we don't typically talk about necessarily on this show. Um, some more odd stories sometimes. Or right. um, I got this book, book back here, uh, the Fauci like children's book that's mm-hmm. behind me. You might be able to see it back there. Um, I read that. I did a live reading of with with pictures even yeah. of that for one of the bonus episodes. So yeah. that was an interesting, ridiculous yeah, prop. We did one book. on the back porch, and it, I think we, we we talked about Batman the whole time. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so like I said, patreon.com forward slash break the bell if you want access to those bonus episodes. We will break down that Bruce Lee movie yeah. and the other one that he was talking about. Anyway, back to what we we're talking about. Uh, we're going to skip through some stuff since uh, we had some call-ins to take up some of our time, which is fine. Uh, we prefer that than— Yeah, um, definitely. You listening to us blabber the entire time, but I I started to say that um, we kicked him out of the UN, or the UN finally kicked him out because right. they didn't represent China. Right. Well, now it it doesn't say it in this article because this talks about that trade act, but it's also like China's accusing the United States of trying to back ta- Taiwan representation back to the UN. Right. And so that's immediately like stepping on any kind of agreement that. Right. Um, we've had with staying the hell out of it. Right, yeah. So Which we tend to do. Yeah. <clears throat> and and none of this are we saying that China's a good country. No, we all know ch- China's a shitty country. But, yeah, and you know. they, they d- want to do whatever they can to take c- be the world superpower. Right. My stance is just that I don't think we should get involved <laughs> in right. this Taiwan thing specifically. Yeah. I think we need to worry about ourselves. The reason why China might be overtaking us as a superpower, is because we worry about everybody else and well, not yeah. ourselves. We, we send money to other countries. We get involved in uh, these other conflicts we don't need to be involved in, whereas mm. China, I mean, they're, they're, they seem to be branching out. Like Remzo was talking about with that one movie, you know, them setting up uh, corporations and, 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 like, ports in Africa, you know, and, and expanding right. out. And I, I, there was a guy on... Uh, on uh, the Joe Rogan show, talking about how uh, um, China has been moving into Mexico with these plants, really, and uh, and yeah, I've been really trying to get in on the uh, on the like opium trade down in the and um, meth trade down in uh, Mexico. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I did not know any of that, but I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, they gotta get their hands in mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff, and what a, I mean, what a bigger. F you to the United States if they were like operating right on our well, border. Like right. That. Well, and and the thing that he was saying is, you know, Trump moved us out of these factories in Mexico. Well, China just moved right into the factories. Right. Right. So. It's that black hole we always talk right. about that like someone's got to fill void, it. In. Somebody's going right. to fill it. So uh, that brings us to back to today. We talked about the history of where, how Taiwan got to where it is, and all the the history, a brief history, I guess of. Like the contention between, hey, is this part of China? Is right. this Taiwan? Is it like, do we support them? Do we are we ROC, against them? ROC, PROC. It's confusing. Yes, it is. So it brings us to today, and we talked about Biden's response there. How yes. he said, yes, hey, it's yes. our, it's our commitment to right. uh, defend Taiwan in this case. Well, since then, China has come out. The 
and called Joe Biden the most incapable and degenerate in the or at least the administration. Yes. Joe Biden's administration, the most incapable and degenerate in the country's history. I, I take it as the guy too. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he's the head of the administration, yeah. so it is a direct stab at him. Right. They claim Taiwan is part of its nation under the one country two system policy. Taiwan maintained its independence and autonomy and the US Expresses didn't, military support. How'd that work out for Hong Kong? Yeah. I, I mean, didn't they have the same policy? Yeah. So <laughs> China really has like one country, like yeah. eight countries. I, I like how they sell that, though. Yes. They're like, no, this will work out good for you in the long run. So they say the current U.S. government is the most incapable and degenerate in the country's history. The U.S.'s national strength had greatly lost its relative advantage. So the cards of trade and human rights Washington plays to counter China have almost no effect at all because we always play the human rights right, yeah. and trade cards. Our, our morality. And they're basically saying, like, we have no foot I, to And stand I would agree on. with that. I, I would, too. I mean, <laughs> we have plenty of our own problems. We can't yeah. really point at other people's problems. Yeah. Says, meanwhile, the military deterrence from Chinese mainland is also containing the Taiwan card the U.S. plays. The U.S. then has come to this cheap shot as a new weapon to launch an alternative offensive against China because of Taiwan. Right. So they're basically saying, hey, they're just playing up this Taiwan thing mm -hmm. to have another reason to have an offensive against us. Like, right. we're play trying all the cards we can to throw at China. And, I mean... I don't see that they're necessarily wrong in that. No. Um, so, yeah, we got China saying all this shit about Biden since then. They're, they're, mm -hmm. not, they're not happy, like I said. Right. He's by far not thrilled with all these comments that um, Biden, was dropping. Biden was saying. Yeah. Especially concerning um, the stance that we've taken for so but many years. Do, for, do you think that China is emboldened by— what happened in Afghanistan? I mean, we kind of talked about that. Well, but China came out and said, right? Like, yeah, it said looked that at Hong Kong. Yeah, like, it's like, yeah, they're gonna come help you now, guys. <laughs> oh yeah, look how they handle that. But I mean, the way it all went down, it's like, you know, it's like China knows they they have to know, you know, that they can push Taiwan's buttons, and mm -hmm. the United States is just gonna be like, oh, sorry, guys. Well, uh, yeah, we're gonna do if you cross that line. You remember Obama right, yeah. with yeah, right, right, yeah. This is the line in the sand. And if you cross it, we're gonna make a new line in the sand, <laughs> and then we're gonna make another one. Yes. And if you cross that one, There's we're gonna, gonna make be, another one. Yes. And it's gonna be a big, <laughs> big line. Be a big line. But don't cross that line. <laughs> so this article here uh, talks about the circumstances that would go into play if we were to go to war with China. Okay. So these are the hypotheticals I told you about. Yeah. Like, I don't think any of us thinks that we're actually going to have a full-fledged no. war against China. I don't think that anybody wants a full-fledged war against China. No. But it's a, this is just an opinion piece. Yeah. It's just giving out some facts. And who's uh, this from? This is on NikkeiAsia.com. Okay. Never heard of it. It's, like I said, it's just an opinion piece, him talking about like the strengths and weaknesses of the two right. countries. Says if the U.S. went to war with China, who would win? Um, it says a great deal has been written about the possibility of war between the U.S. and China. It tends to be measured in th theoretical terms, and much of the analyses center on exactly when it might occur. But the vital question is really quite simple: Who would win? I mean, that's, that's pretty simple. That, that's pretty <laughs> simplified. 
Of course, no one really wins a major war, but the best way to avoid having to go to war at all is to convince your potential opponent that they almost certainly would be the biggest loser. Do you think Joe Biden has convinced the president of China that they would be the biggest loser? <laughs> I, know, I think when he is definitely The not. government of China has come out recently and said, yeah. this is the most incompetent administration yeah. in the history of the United States. Right. I don't think he's up there saying... We can't go to the war with the U.S. because we will not come out. He right. might be thinking it. Yeah. He might think uh, this might not go well. Right. But it doesn't seem like he's thinking, hey, we're going to be the biggest losers in yeah. all this. Right. says the military balance between China and the United States is complicated and requires thinking about budgets, numbers of warships and aircraft, geography, alliance systems and technology, especially, especially undersea capability, cybersecurity and space. Space war? Space, right. uh, space force. Space force, yeah. I mean, we talk about the the hypersonic weapon. That's right. all space yes. stuff. Um, so, yeah, we got to take all the stuff into effect. And um, we got to see, like, how we measure up to China's yeah. capabilities. It says, let's start with dollars. And the, how do you pronounce? Is it yuan? Yuan? The yen. The yen. yen. Yuan is how it's spelled. Yuan. Yeah, it's yen. The yen. No, it's Yuan. Okay. Oh, I said I'll so. Accept that. The U.S. defense budget is fairly transparent. Fairly. <laughs> it's not transparent at all. It's fairly transparent. Fairly. Like a like a muddy glass window. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like like the back window of your pickup truck when you go off roading. It's that transparent. Right, yeah. Yep. Um, at least in terms of total dollars, defense spending was around seven hundred fourteen billion dollars in twenty twenty, and is likely to increase seven to seven hundred thirty three billion in twenty twenty one. So this is this is about a year old probably. Yeah. Says so somewhat opaque. China's so. China's isn't as transparent. So you got the muddy window yeah. of the U.S. transparency. Right. China's is like right. a piece of plywood put <laughs> over the window. That's how opaque it is. China's defense spending is certainly smaller, with the defense budget set at 1.36 trillion yen, or $216 billion. So you got $733 billion versus quite a bit smaller. $212 billion. A 6.8 increase from the previous year. It is quite a bit smaller. However... You got to think about the stuff that they they go into here. China does not have the high personnel cost of an all volunteer force. I mean, they're forced to fight, so they don't right. have to pay them as much. Yeah, their military activities are largely focused on East Asia, not the expansive global footprint of the U.S. military. So as we, we have our about, shit spread, spread super thin right. across the entire globe. China only cares about China's interests, like right. the surrounding the things surrounding them, right. which is. A quite large area, but still, yeah. we don't have well, all these resources yeah. having to provide supplies and stuff to that, too. Oh, China, I, China's supply is right yeah. there. And, and I think it was last week we said the United States has a footprint in 78 different nations around the world. Yeah, so spread pretty thin. Right. Yes, there's quite a few more billion dollars, but mm -hmm. stretch a lot thinner than China's. Right. And again, like I said, their resources are there. Right. Like, right. even though they have all this border to protect all the way around, their resources right. are immediately at their yeah. disposal. Logistically, to pulling in all the, the, the different resources from around the world like would be nearly food impossible. Food supplies, fuel, all right. that stuff. Especially yeah. in, a, in, you know, speedy time. Yeah. Well, do you remember, did you watch um, Pearl Harbor, the movie, uh, when yeah. we went and attacked Japan, man, mainland Japan? Right. And... Um, 
just getting a plane there to bomb, how right. how difficult that was to have yeah. fuel just to get somebody there to right. attack yeah. mainland Japan. That they were just playing like, hey, you're just going to crash in China yeah. and tell them you're there because you you're not going to have fuel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it says, in simple terms of warships, China is already leading the U.S., roughly 350 to 300 in combat vessels. So China's about 350 combat yeah. ships. We have about 300. So they have quite a few more. Says the Chinese shipyards are pumping out new warships on a nearly a near weekly basis, especially relatively low technology patrol missile boats, corvettes. I didn't know that was a boat. I thought that was a car. Yeah, no. And frigates, 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 frigates. And they've been talking about this for like the last fifteen years about yeah. how our navy is greatly depleted. Yeah. I think Trump even tried to address that, but he then did, he yeah. was building these like super ships that right. he couldn't. He wanted each one named after him. Yeah, and he couldn't. <laughs> he was never satisfied. This with, is the Trump one yeah. and the Trump two. He wasn't happy with the curtains yeah. and the paint job and yes. shit like that. We need more missiles. It just doesn't look right. Something looks really weird to their ship. Can we put like yellow hair on top of it? <laughs> Says so still, the U.S. ships are ton for ton larger, so we have less ships, but we have much larger ships. Endowed with better offensive and defensive systems and manned by far more experienced crews. So, yes, we have less, but we have more yes. in or, the ships. Or at least until the vaccine mandates <laughs> has everybody drop out. Yes. Additionally, the U.S. has very sophisticated network of command and control capabilities to knit together its long-range aviation platforms alongside surface warships and, of course, submarines. When factoring in the tight geography of East Asia, I would say a slight advantage to China in terms of pure numbers of platforms, both sea and air, with the U.S. having higher quality assets. So geographically, China enjoys a great advantage in a potential conflict with the U.S. in the South and East Asia, or East China Seas. Notably, China would be able to support its warships logistically, like we talked about, in terms of fuel and ammunition, provide combat repair facilities nearby, and move sailors on and off their ships with ease. Right. So again, they're right there. Right. They have everything literally at their disposal, right. and we have to get things from nearby bases yeah. or from We'd have South Korea. We'd the mainland. Have, we'd have uh, Okinawa. Um, Japan. Philippines. Would, yeah. Uh, Australia. Yeah. Yeah, places like that. But still, um, it wouldn't be crazy close by like China yeah. would be. It says, for the U.S., lengthy, lengthy supply and manpower chains would be bedevil U.S. forces, even allowing for the presence of U.S. bases close by. So it's still yeah. which would be a nightmare. Yeah, and, and again, it goes to, you know, it, it would be a mess. You'd have to come down to IBCs and, or IBCMs, and it just, it would not be strategically viable to even maintain a war right. like that. Because nobody nobody's going to commit their troops to go to either person's mainland. Right. I mean, you got the entire Pacific freaking ocean between yeah. them. No one's going to be like, well, well, we'll come to you next week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it just wouldn't be viable to no. go to either it's mainland. It's like, let's meet in Hawaii and we'll finish up yes. there. <laughs> so then it goes into alliances. The U.S. has... Long felt that its greatest comparative advantage over China is its network of allies. In Asia, the means th that means strong support from Japan, which we've talked about, mm -hmm. which is the third largest economy in the world, Australia, South Korea, Singapore, and many others. The U.S. has also strongly cultivated India through the quad concept, which I'll talk about the quad concept. 
that's that strategic alliance. Right. It's uh, India, Japan, Australia, and the United States. They're gotcha. called the Quad. The Quad. Kind of like the Squad. Yeah. But not like as AOC's cool. Squad. Yeah. Just the, the Quad. quad. Um, aligning it with the U.S., Japan, and Australia. Yet how much the U.S. could count on such partners in the face of a Chinese attack is a growing question. Like, how many of them would be like, uh, yeah. no? No, 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 you no. did this. No, no, <laughs> we're not having anything to do yeah. with this. Says, additionally, China is increasingly taking a page from the U.S. and strengthening its systems of partnerships. The Belt and Road Initiative is designed to do exactly that, and Chinese are making inroads both in Asia and the east coast of Africa, which is what mm-hmm. Remzo was talking about. Most importantly, Beijing is consolidating its relationships with Russia. Mm-hmm. That's who we want to get involved with. The two nations frequently exercise together militarily. Iran, they just about. announced a $400 billion investment to. Yeah. Pakistan, which we know they love us. Yeah, and they're shady as shit. Yeah. And the Philippines, which I didn't know the Philippines. I thought the Philippines were more towards us. Apparently not. Hmm. President Rodrigo Duterte. Duterte seems to favor Durante. China in many oh. issues over the U.S. Huh, interesting. I didn't know well, that. They, they, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Plus, plus, they've cultivated relationships with Venezuela and Cuba. That's true. Um, overall, it says the U.S. allies are bigger, richer, and have stronger militaries, so an advantage for the U.S. Okay. But they said the gap is closing because right. all those countries well, the, are building. The mere fact that, that China's got Russia would scare the shit out of me. Yeah. It says, finally, the most important, and most importantly, victory in a U.S.-China war would be highly influenced by he who has the best technology. And the key of undersea silencing of submarines, numbers of military satellites in space, blah, 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 all these technologies, the U.S. has the lead. But China is closing in fast, especially in artificial intelligence, hypersonic cruise missiles that we talked about, Mm -hmm. cyber and the emerging field of quantum computing. I didn't know China was taking the lead in quantum computing. Recently released National Commission on Artificial Intelligence is telling in this regard. Again, slight but closing advantage to the United States. So basically the bottom line is they would choose the U.S. to win, but it's closing in fast. I was going to say only because of right now. Yeah, says over the next decade, the gap will close, and if the U.S. doesn't respond, we'll favor China. Yeah. So China is moving in quickly. And we know the United States isn't going to re- is going to respond because their main concern currently is fighting the climate change war. Yeah. Which China doesn't give shit about. No, they don't. So, I mean, this person's predicting the U.S. wins. Do you predict the U.S. wins if we were to fight a war with China? Because we- No, I, I, I predict that... I, I would predict that it would be total devastation on both sides. Yeah, because again, you're not you're not going to get either people to commit to their their troops going to the mainland of either side because logistically it just isn't possible. So you're going to end up shooting across the Pacific at each other. Maybe or have fucking some scuffles, up all the islands all in, in between, between, right? Yeah. And, and around, and again, it, no, there won't be a, a there won't be a clear winner. And and plus. I can see it being scorched earth if it looks like it's not going right. It's yeah, like, I mean, let's look what just, we did to Vietnam. Exactly. Let's just tear it all up. I mean, we kind of have an understanding. We don't go to war with Russia. Yeah. We don't go to war with China. Right. The main reason for that is... Nobody wins. They have nukes. Right. And we have yeah. nukes. Yeah. And nobody wants to go to war with people yeah. with nukes. Yeah. 
even if we have nukes, we don't want to go to war with people with nukes. Right. It's just kind of our understanding. Yeah. And there's this other op-ed that I read. It's I think it's a Chinese guy. It's basically saying, look, the U.S. doesn't want to go to war with China. They, yeah. We all know the U.S. doesn't. The best thing they can do is just step back and just let it happen, pretty much. Right. Just stay the hell out of it. Right. Just let Taiwan and China work this out on their yeah. own. That's that's the way this yeah. goes down. And the only way something good can co- the the best alternative yeah. to this is just and, and again, Taiwan Taiwan has nothing that the United States absolutely needs. You know, they don't they're not an oil producing country. They don't have vast quantities of gold. I mean, mm-hmm. they you know, they they have nothing the United States absolutely needs and no reason why they're going to go to war. Well, funny you say that. Okay, enlighten. So there's this other s- issue, because we're running out of time. So I wanted to talk about this other angle okay. of the only reason why China would even decide to go to war over Taiwan. And it's because of resources. Okay. And it's not that Taiwan, like you said, has gold or or oil or anything like that. But it is comparing it to when Japan decided to fight the whole freaking world world because they didn't have their own oil. Okay. And everything was dependent on oil. They wanted to become a superpower. They wanted to keep moving up mm-hmm. in the economic scope. But they had to rely on foreign oil. And a lot of that was coming from the U.S. And right. when they started doing shady shit, the U.S. cut off their oil. So they started like branching out to get oil from other places. They right. like went in a frenzy, frenzy to find this oil. So this one here this is the last article I'm going to read. This talks about this is a completely different angle from what we're talking about. But it says the war with China, the economic factor that could trigger it. And it's talking about resources, like I said. Because okay. it says the Pentagon undoubtedly draws up various scenarios of how conflict between China and the U.S. might develop. Most of them involve Chinese move against Taiwan that we've been talking about. Right. But Taiwan and China have coexisted in intense but bloodless antagonism for seven decades without tipping into real war. The question is, what would trigger an actual Chinese military adventure? He says he can answer that question. Let me pull this article up. So This is from Forbes. Okay. Says to step back, if there is to be a war, an open war with China, um, it says if there is to be, it will not arise from Western outrage of human rights violations or Chinese outrage at Western outrage. <laughs> Chinese <laughs> outrage. I like that. Or cybercrime or technology theft or currency manipulation or security crackdowns in Hong Kong or even in, indignities visited upon the Filipinos. Uh, or the Vietnam, Vietnamese, or Australians. Okay. So none of those are going to spark because sure. all those things have been happening forever. So right. that's not going right. to make China decide, hey, we got to go full bore here. Yeah. Says it will arise from acute economic pain inflicted on China by actions of the United States to deprive them of the most essential physical resource of the 21st century: semiconductors. Interesting. Do you remember the chip shortage that's been going on? Right. Yes. All that is due to the trade wars between China and the U.S. Mm. China doesn't have access to their own semiconductors. Interesting. You can't, like, they want to be the top superpower, economic superpower. They can only go as far as their technology will allow. Their technology cannot advance without semiconductors. If they don't produce their own semiconductors, they're they, dependent on someone they else. They are dependent on somebody else. 
says China's aspiration to become true technological rival to the U.S. faces a foundational challenge. The country doesn't control the semiconductors that are building the that are the building blocks for everything from smartphones to automated cars. For our country, Vice Premier Liu He told the country's top scientists in May, this technology is not just for growth. It's a matter of survival. So this mm. is like coming down to oil in Japan. Right, yeah. So it's the new oil. It is. It, it's the new oil. Um, their country won't survive on the trajectory they're putting it if they don't have access to these semiconductors. American leadership. America is the leadership in semiconductors. It's vital to the technology superiority of the U.S. military. And from what I've heard, the U.S. is kind of falling flat with their own technology of these because they're reaching out to, like, Taiwan is where hmm. 50% of a certain kind of semiconductor comes from Taiwan. Interesting. Yeah. says, modern wars are fought with semiconductors, says a U.S. senator. Wow. Okay. I'm glad, <laughs> glad they quoted that. Out there. Yeah. Uh, U.S. senator. <laughs> So it goes on to say the semiconductor problem, an increasing vulnerability of China's economy and its military to supply constraints, is what will lead China to consider, finally, outright military action against Taiwan. China in 2021 finds itself in a situation very much like Japan in 1941. So that's what I talked about, so I don't have to read all this stuff about Japan. Yes. You got the background of all that. This says the new oil and tech world is semiconductors, like you said. It's funny. Forbes quoted Forbes saying that. <laughs> we said that. Us. That's like me saying, this, we are not the smartest people here. Craig Smoltz. <laughs> I quoted that. Or not the smartest people here. <laughs> yes. Today, China's tech economy runs on silicone. Silicon. Silicon? Silicon, not silicone. Not the oh, breast implant silicones. silicones. Silicon. Gotcha. Or semiconductors. In 2020, the Chinese economy spent $350 billion buying chips based largely on Western technology, more than it spent on oil. Hmm. China buys 60% of the world's chip production. 90% of it is sourced from outside of China. So majority of their chips come from other places. Uh, it says, produced domestically by foreign manufacturers such as Intel. In short, China is highly dependent on a resource that it does not control. That could be problematic for your country, especially if you're wanting yeah. to keep going up and being the competitive as a superpower. The U.S. accounts for nearly 50% of market shares. Um, it says, of the global industry and has maintained this dominant position for three decades. China is stuck at about 5%. And mm. is not really a player outside its captive Chinese market. More important is the qualitative gap. The high-value part of the semiconductor industry is the fabulous IC sector. The companies that control the design of the chip that power the digital economy. Fabulous companies drive the cycle of innovation. China is not a power at all in these fabulous section or segments. Nine of the top thirteen fabulous IC players are U.S.-based. Mm. So you can see how they could get into a frenzy really quick. Right. I mean, their defenses technology runs right. off of this. Their yeah. computer technology runs They're off of this. They're making this huge infrastructure or extra stru structure plan to go from Africa through to the Pacific Ocean. But they're dependent on somebody else to provide exactly. the key ingredient to all this technology. Yeah. So this, this uh, 
Wikipedia article here that talks about the chip shortage that's going on right now. It talks specifically about the Taiwan drought because it says Taiwan is the leader of the global semiconductor industry hmm. with TSMC alone accounting for more than 50% of the global wafer foundry market in 2020. So, so that they must get be. in charge of – they get the country providing the semiconductors. They can dictate how the market goes. Yeah. So the U.S. is – has the the highest market of these semiconductors, but Taiwan has a lot of the leadership in the production right. of these semiconductors. Yeah. Is what it sounds like, and they went through a major shortage because of COVID and all this other shit. And um, it also needs ultra pure water to clean their factories and wafers. Um, so they're having water shortages that are giving them problems too. So that's where this chip shortage comes from. Hmm. This whole episode's not about the chip shortage, but the fact that they are Taiwan's the leader of semiconductor industry goes back to why China would want to attack that makes sense. Taiwan when they're very desperate need of these so, question chips. of the day how devastating was the earthquake the guy hit with today and how much I didn't even get into was. that, but yes. That happened. What was it? A five, five point three, six point two, six point two in Taiwan today. Well, yes. I didn't even get time to yeah. get into that or cover that. But yeah, um, maybe it was a Chinese like weather weapon that yeah, set it off. I'm, I'm pretty. It was sure. an atomic bomb from China. A hypersonic missile. Uh, maybe into the ocean, creating an earthquake. You never Damn. know. You never know. That's some Cobra shit. <laughs> <laughs> So that was just a different, another angle. On yeah, no, all that's of this. interesting. I had not heard of that. Yeah, so. it's just like, I mean, like I said, why after seventy years, right, would they decide now? You know, we know you've been saying that you're a sovereign country for yeah. seventy years, and we've been telling you for seventy years that you're not. So now we're we're kind of fed up with this, and we're gonna right. slap you in the face and sit, put you in your place. No, there's got to be something behind right. it. Yeah. And like I said, a lot of it could be U.S. pressure. Well, yeah. I mean, like we talked about, China is looking at making a huge push right now. Mm -hmm. There's a shortage of vital component that they need. The United States is is also in need of this component. You know, and the United States controls the majority of the market of this right. component, even yeah. though the production comes primarily from Taiwan. Mm -hmm. And you can see why there's kind of like kind yeah. of contention for backyard. the US having relationships with Taiwan right. and choking off China from getting these mm -hmm. um semiconductors yeah. which Trump was doing yeah. quite well right. with his relationship with this female president from mm -hmm. Taiwan with his phone call saying thank you yeah yeah it's um, all it took i wonder how much because all this shit started to shift with the RNC in 2016 right when Trump was elected and it makes you wonder because, I mean, he's bumped shoulders before his presidency with so many people. Oh, and yeah. it make, it, she might have called him up and been like, hey, you know that condo development we right, allowed yeah. you to build here? Yeah. And we overlooked some of the regulations. Right. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to call in a favor here. Right. Yeah. And she didn't say any of that in the phone call because all they got was it was code words. It's just yeah, like, right. congratulations <laughs> on your election. He's like, got it. I got it. <laughs> understood. And they're like. <laughs> well, I'm glad that he had to assure her that he understood. Yeah, right. I mean, he is kind of dumb, but that was kind of a weird response. But, yeah, that was secret code to yeah. 
Hey, things are going to shift a little right. here. It's about to get crazy. But it doesn't seem like Biden's too intent on shifting it back to, no. hey, let's normalize this thing back out. Right. Because from what Biden seems to be following that same playbook of what the RNC said, if China's going to do something, right. we have their backs, even though we're not supposed to play mediator. Right. And that's why China's pissed off. They're like, dude, we've we've had this settled for yeah. 70 years. Why are you doing this right. now? Don't rock the boat. Yeah. And if the U.S. In, is, in fact, putting a choke on these semiconductors, that that could be that could be the tipping yeah. point for them to right. say enough is enough yeah. because i mean that might not sound like hey um they're starving us out but literally they poss- quite possibly are starving them out right. because that you need those for literally everything now right but but that also assures that they won't nuke taiwan <laughs> that's true they need taiwan but that also doesn't mean that they're not going to hit some other strategic us if you know, they feel like the United States is cramping their style. Right, like Japan did when right. they felt provoked. And it's not like the U.S. provoked Japan into attacking Pearl Harbor by right. any stretch at all. Nothing like that. Right. But yeah, oil I'm, embargo. We don't even have to get into that. Yeah, the oil <laughs> embargo, that led them to be like, all right, shit's crazy. We got to have oil because everything runs on oil. It's right. the same thing now. Um semiconductor embargo or what have you. I mean, we saw firsthand, like, the technology kind of embargoes, I guess you could call them, like, um, hey, don't buy these specific Chinese cameras and security systems because it's China and they'll they'll hack the system and stuff. And There's back doors, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we saw that that push against China. And so um, it's virtually a technological embargo against China from the way I see it. Right. I guess at least back to the question. Should we care about Taiwan? Should we protect Taiwan? Should we even have any any say in any do we have any right to say the bigger question is again we find ourselves in a situation where we're dependent on a foreign nation for a vital resource, right? I mean, we're dependent on Middle Eastern countries for oil, mm-hmm. right? Now we're dependent on Taiwan for semiconductors, which is in the backyard of China. And so... But we also control the market. But well, that could we go downhill the, really fast exactly, if we lose right. the... If they, we lose the producers, then the market goes to shit. So what, from what I've heard, I haven't specifically read it, but I've heard... That Intel outsources all their production of their chips now. Right. And so, <laughs> why? <laughs> Cheap. Well, that's the problem. Cost. Cheap labor. So they source it out. So say they source it out to Taiwan. Yeah. China takes over Taiwan. Intel's fucked because they don't even know how to make their own processors exactly. anymore. Right. Exactly. So then what? <laughs> <laughs> so this game that... Um, this could flip on us really fast. Oh, we're absolutely. Choking, we're choking absolutely. out China for... Um, technology. They, I mean, if the power grab is at, indeed Taiwan for all of this, yeah, they're a lot closer. They could choke us out. Oh yeah, like really I said, logistically they got it. There's yeah. nothing we can do about it. So, pros and cons of going to war with China. <laughs> I mean, we got to go there. We got to write a pros and cons list. Pros and cons right, of going. Pro, to- all right, pro, let's do pros first. Okay. All right, going to war. There is there pros <laughs> of going to war with China. <laughs> all right. Um. Let's see. <laughs> I mean, the pros, if we were to, in fact, 
somehow come out on top of this, you, you we'd are be the, considered unstoppable. I was going to say you are the the undefeated heavyweight champion, of yeah, exactly <laughs> of the world. A unanimous decision. There, there is no buddy is going to poke the bear anymore. No, so. No, I don't even think Russia would because Russia is no. going to back China. So right. if you come out on top of that, yeah. then there's nobody yeah, else right. standing. Yeah, Putin will be kissing America's ass. Yeah, if he's even standing still. Right. Any more pros other than that? I, I guess um, you I, know if we it would put us on top of of you know technology technology. Um, it put again. us it set us up real good for yeah. certain trade routes that China right. has. Absolutely. Other- I mean, you, you're talking about you know you know needing tariffs and and trade wars. Well, you would own the the freaking market. Yeah. I mean, you right. you could you could dictate the whole. No, we want all of your stuff. Exactly. All that stuff you've been selling it to us for super cheap, we yeah. want it for free. You could dictate the entire, you know, Western Pacific. Free child labor? <laughs> is that a pro or is that a con? Right. I, depending all, on All who the you coronaviruses ask. you want. Yes, we <laughs> would have 100% access yes. to all the bat coronaviruses. Yes. yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of land. Can you imagine a, a military base in China? China is just a military base. <laughs> just one big military base. Yes, yes, yes. And free labor. <laughs> and free child labor. Exactly. Obviously. Yes. Cons of going to war with China. <laughs> um, thermonuclear war. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty big con. Yes. Destroying the entire earth. Yes, yes. I mean, um, who do you think pushes Mandarin? that button? <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to speak Mandarin. No. Who do you think pushes the button first? If it came down to it, who's... China would. You think so? Yeah. Well, that's because Trump's not in office anymore. Yeah. And they didn't give Biden the nuclear codes. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, I I don't think we've had, with the exception of Trump, but the very fact that Milley was going behind Trump's back to warn China shows that there is a problem with the whole command structure, Mm -hmm. right? So we haven't had a president that people were afraid of since Bush Jr., Cheney. You got to say okay, Cheney. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Cheney. Cheney. I mean, nobody... Yeah. Be realistic. Nobody was afraid of G.W. Bush. I, I think they were, to be honest. I, I mean, mean just you, because... He's a caricature. He was a character, but a caricature. But at the same time, it's like, you know, when you say it, he's going after somebody, we went after somebody. Okay. I mean, I, I, it's true. Whether yeah, he was no, doing right. it or Cheney was doing it. Okay, you're right. His you're right, name was right. on the dotted line. I guess, you're right. <laughs> They're like, really? This guy? <laughs> this know. is the guy we got to be afraid of? <laughs> <laughs> Look at his ears. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, but yeah, so no, I, I don't think, no one in the United States has the balls to pull the trigger. No. And, and I, I think China, they are so... Hungry to be the world pow- superpower that they, yeah, they they sure as fuck would push the button. You think so? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I I probably agree with that. I think yeah. nobody here has the balls to pull pull that trigger, and I don't think anybody's dumb enough to pull that They'd trigger. Like, oh, I I would hope I would hope nobody I, would be on either side, but maybe Trump. <laughs> exactly. Be like, oh, let's push the button. Wait, 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 wait. Let's let's stop. France and, would not like us if we did this. Let's stop and think about yeah. this. Is this really a good idea? Yeah, right. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Um, it reminds me of that scene on, uh, the Batman movie with Heath Ledger where they're holding both holding the remote. Yeah, right. Yeah, and they just somebody with common sense like the person holding the button 
Biden or Trump or something, and then somebody comes up and just rips it from his hand, throws it out the window. It's like, no, we're not going to fucking do this. <laughs> exactly. We're not doing this. Stop. Yeah. I know you're you're dumb enough to do it, yeah. but we're not going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Now I I could see that being more of the case. Like, yeah, that makes like, sense. No, stop it. Yeah. Don't stop, slap his hand. Stop it. <laughs> don't even think about it. Yes. So. I don't think we go to war with China. I think I there's going to so. be posturing for eternity. Yeah. Um, I think Taiwan will might get under more control, yeah. but I think there's still going to be those people at the top that are like, no, we're not under control. The, of the them. thing that worries me about it all, though, is the fact that yes, China is making major moves to become the world superpower. Mm-hmm. And the United States is so concerned about climate change. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I actually had that thought in my head. It's just like, China is probably the one that's fucking up oh, climate yeah. more than anybody. Shit. And they don't care. No. They're just no. concerned about being the top dog. And yes. we're over here like, guys, the greatest threat to us right now is climate change. Yeah. And China's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And um, like, like we talked before, like, a good percentage of our celebrities are kissing China's oh, ass because yeah. of the the industry over there. Yeah. I mean, they sell more movies there than yes. we do here. Ch- China dictates our our entire film industry. Yes, the movies made sports. Yes, yes. all of it. Yes, and it's they're sad. kissing ass. And at the same time that the celebrities are kissing China's ass, the government's like, "We got to totally go to war with China." It's just like, yeah, right. What? Yeah. Like, where does that end? Yes, because they own Tom Cruise. I mean, they're gonna they can mobilize Scientologists against us, and so? then we're screwed. You think China has a foot in the Scientology realm, or maybe Scientology has a foot in Chinese government? Holy shit! Scientologists that just took a turn. Control China. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I think it's time to get out of here. I think that's it. That's I think it. that's how we're gonna wrap this one up. <laughs> We don't want to go to war with China. No. We don't think China is a good country by any stretch, but we don't want to go to war with China. And I think, personally, I think we need to stay the hell out of some of the stuff. Yeah, I agree. Because that's why we're stretched so thin. That's mm-hmm. why, even though we spend the most, like, more money on our military than the next, like, four or five countries combined, yeah. is because we stretch thin and we got to put our fingers in everything, try to mm-hmm. control the world, and look how well that's going for us. We can't even right. control our own damn country. Right. We should focus on ourselves. Yes. Just like we say, like, us at an individual level, we need to take care of ourselves more right. than we need to worry about who's running the show here. Yeah. Even though the biggest concern, I guess, is those people are what's inevitably, inevitably going to get us nuked at some point. But right. we got to stay out of other people's shit. Yeah. That's all i got to say to that. I agree with that. We had to talk about China because we haven't really yet. Right. And it's kind of a pressing topic right now. It so is. it was time. Yeah. Hopefully we don't go to war with China. I think this is just going to keep boiling and boiling and then probably go nowhere. Yeah. That's but my thought. Yeah. I'm hoping so. Yeah. It'll, you know, if it does, I can see it going into Cold War, but I yeah. don't see it going anywhere past that. Well, they, they talk like, hey, this is, we're kind of posturing for a Cold right. War because we talked about the Quad, right. the India, Japan, and Australia. Then recently we signed that pact with, it was the UK. Mm hmm. And Australia to sell them Submarine. nuclear submarines. Yeah. And then we pissed off France. We pissed off France, which who cares if we piss off? Who really They're cares if we piss off. off France? I'm sure that didn't make China happy, though. Right. Yeah. 
because China or Australia made that move because China was like trying to pressure them economically. So mm-hmm. Australia pulls back and is like, watch this. And then yeah. they made this deal with the right. U.S. and the U.K. And China's probably like, shit, <laughs> they called our bluff. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I see a Cold War. Yeah. Never bluff an Aussie. Right. And a Cold War. I see like an artificial Cold War. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Where it's just like a manufactured thing to right. make everybody think that we're yeah. bad guys and there's probably like backdoor agreements right. that is keeping this thing going to keep military funding flowing. Hey, right. we got to vamp up our uh, yeah. supersonic, super hypersonic, Nova, hypersonic weapon. We need more sh- warships. More and- warships and stuff. So, yeah. yeah, we just make this deal with. China, where it's just like, hey, let's pretend to be mad at each other, and then we can convince our own governments that we need more stuff. Because we really want Space Force to do something cool. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) Let's get out of here. That's all we got for this week. Make sure you check us out all over social media. Like, share, all that fun, happy bullshit that we tell you to do every single week. Call-ins are always welcome. We appreciate the couple call-ins we got. Thanks, Justin, and thanks, Remzo, for calling in. We always value their insight. Definitely. We've had them both on a couple times, and yeah. they always have great things to say. Um, check out some of those resources the two of them were talking about. Um, we'll look into some of that stuff, and we'll talk about it as we go along. Absolutely. Um, we will be back here next week live, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, every Monday night. Otherwise, check us out on the that weekend wrap-up episode that I mentioned early on. Every weekend, we just wrap up the bullshit in the world. Hit so, the headlines. Yep. We hit it. We cover it. We talk shit about it. And that's it. That's it. Have a great rest of your week. Otherwise, we will see you back here next week. Peace. Goodbye. The Break the Bell podcast is brought to you by you. So pat yourself on the back because without you, we would be talking to ourselves. A special thanks to our Patreon members, Justin Zelinski, Remzo Martinez, Stephanie Parker, and T.O. Jacobson. A shout out to our sponsors, Run Your Mouth Coffee, the On The Run Podcast, and Goulash Media. If you'd like to help support us, visit patreon.com slash breakthebell or buy our garbage at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Get back here next week and let us continue to invade your ear holes. And as always, never stop talking.